the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, September 28th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. You can find them at manrubs.com. Mm. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. You know, I talked to them. He did? Steak for breakfast rub? Might be yeah. coming. Ooh, mm. I like it. Uh, use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order there. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They are at stayreadygear.com. And on Instagram, Stay Ready Gear USA. If you want some custom Kydex, we got some laying here right in the studio. We got some beers on some koozies. I got a holster up in my safe. It's empty, though. Lost the gun in a boating accident. Tragic. Tragic. Uh, use the code STEAK for 5% off your order there. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear, specializing in headphones, can be found at odyssey.com. Whether you're in the podcasting game, like No Antoinette and myself, you're uh, laying down some beats like Coolio, or gaming, odyssey.com has everything you need. Check them out. They're on Facebook and they're on Instagram as well. Um, being a medic, kind of a coin flip. You win some, you lose some. I lose most. Oops. Well, when I'm doing it, no one probably feels better about me giving them medical treatment when I'm arriving on scene with tactical gear from Mediocre Medic adorned on my EMS bag. Adorned? Yes. Uh, you can find them at MediocreMedic.com, and they're on Instagram as well. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms, he'll keep you strapped while you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. On his newly redesigned website at West Coast Survival Arms. He's on Facebook and he's at the telephone, 619-870-6992. And last but certainly not least, the Duck Father, Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us, the gold standard of tactical gear, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. If you don't know, go to Dumpbox.us, look for him on Facebook or on Instagram. Check him out as well. On that note, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree with links to everything and anything Steak for Breakfast. Our backup accounts, our Telegram, Antoinette's accounts, etc. Um, and on that note, welcome. Episode 67, Steak for Breakfast Podcast, Tuesday edition. I'm Rowan. Joined today... By my co-pilots, Noah. What's happening? And Antoinette. What's up with Noah? Kyle Becker is going to be coming on with us soon to talk about the news, but here to break down the Trump rally with us today, favorite guest, oh, most 
times on the show guest. Miss Geisha Montez, welcome back to Steak for Breakfast yet again. Yay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Excited. Start. <laughs> What's been going on with you? Last time we talked to you, you were in the midst of a move to New York. You're there now. It's been about a month. Tell us what's going on with that. Well, I was very, very happy to, you know, come back and hang out with you guys because, as I mentioned on, you know, in our text messaging, uh, this uh, New York City situation, it, it's it's pretty intense. And I'm trying to not go insane, you know? So, like, I'm really trying hard <laughs> to is not it, go crazy. Is it that um, bad? Uh, yeah, you know, it's like Nazi Germany here. Oof. And uh, some wow. places are still... Um, you know, some you have to go to certain specific places to find um, spots where people are not insane. But everywhere is like you have to be showing up, you know, IDs and stuff to get into, you know, eat, for example, even have a coffee or something like that. And then what I've noticed is that then they're now asking how many you have. So oh, wow. how many so shots are like, oh, 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 just one doses. And mm-hmm. I'm like. You know, they're just there listening, and it's like, um, so just start you, saying you're, seven. You're in that state now, where where you want to know that you had the the, the whatever amount that the government will say that you need to have. Um, um, I know they're being paid also. So if the restaurants go wrong, you know, if and if they lost money, they get rewarded. Obviously, you know, they get paid. Uh, they get paid um, to push the mandates. They're paying the businesses also to push the mandate. So it's a, it's really a an evil situation where money is buying everyone, and you know it takes a lot of. Uh, it, it, it's only a, a, just say no. Like people, people are so easy to buy. It's incredible. Like it's sometimes you just have to say no to money. That's not so. So is it right? It's not so difficult, right? I, mean, I don't want to say. A, no, so, I don't want it. So as bad as advertised is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't even want to turn on any radio or anything because it's just going to blast you with the same propaganda over and over and over. The tra- the subways um, are full of propaganda everywhere. They they just tell you to not talk to people, to just mind your own business, uh, cover your face, and and it's just it's just really sickening and. Um, Wait, you're supposed I, to mind I, your own business or see something, say something. I mean, it depends if what you say is going to benefit them, then they will really love you to say something. But nice. if it doesn't, then they're going to censor you, shadow ban you and do, you know, all of that crazy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, when you think New York City, I, what the way I used to think about it was like, oh, yeah, the concrete jungle, a lot of professionals and hustlers and and, you know, tough people come. And then it's like. Yeah, it's not a concrete jungle anymore. It's just like a sheep. I don't know how you call the the place where you put all the sheep in yeah. here. <laughs> a farm corral. Yeah, a what? A sheep corral. Corral. Oh, that's that's the same name in Spanish. I was like, ¿Cómo se dice corral? How do you say corral in English? Corral. Yeah, yeah, you just say it wider. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's what it looks like right now. Because it's like, where where are the 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 hustlers and the concrete jungle people. Oh, I came to New York City to hustle. Like, where, where is that? No, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to wear my mask. Whatever you say, sir. Have you had the opportunity to join any Black Lives Matter rallies against the COVID vaccine yet? <laughs> I haven't been able to join. No. They, they, had, uh, they had a pretty big march yesterday. I thought it was there. There was a couple thousand people there marching for uh, 
you know, no vax mandates and vaccine passports in New York City. I thought it was pretty interesting to see that that that, that it's starting to happen there as well. I went to one uh, when I first moved here uh, in front of the uh, city hall um, because I was given the information that it was happening, but they're doing a really good job covering it. So people don't find out about these, uh, you know, they, their people are not finding out. Like I had no clue that that was happening the other day. And then there was other, there's being a few of them happening yeah. and the media and, and big tech are really, really, really working on their algorithms and stuff to just trying to keep that information away from anybody. I, I haven't been able to see any of these ones. Um, so if anybody knows about any other protests here in New York, let me know. I will be able, I will try to share it, even though we're um, also pretty hardly censored, but you know, we know that they're working hard so people don't see them. So let's, you know, it's good to, to, to work uh, and fight it back and then just share the word. Yeah, speaking of working hard and sharing things on social media, I shared something from you yesterday. What is that you're working on right now? That what vi- did you share? That video that had you in it. Oh, wait. my. Oh, well, that happened already. If you, You're talking about um, the film festival or something? Or yeah. Something else? Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, my sister is a director, and, and she did the trailer oh. for um, a, you know, like a – film festival latin film festival of new york uh-huh. and that was i think that was two weeks ago so it's just that my my instagram is kind of dead because i don't <laughs> i you know you kind of lost motivation on posting some things and then lately i've been really doing um some hardcore kind of trainings and programming and that really gets you a little overwhelmed and when I'm done, I re- I just want to like lay in bed and, and be like, ah, oh, fuck New York. I just I just need to rest right now. Mine is overblown. So uh, I haven't had time to post a, anything about my life in a, in a while. But thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to see you kind of doing a little bit of. Uh, I mean, I guess you can call it. It's like it was what it was a trailer for the actual festival. Yeah. So they, they finished, it was a week festival of a lot of uh, Latino, you know, based films and, and, and it was, you know, it took place in New York. There's another one, but there's another one coming and it's the Dominican Film Festival. Okay. Uh, but I kind of being a little bit away of, of, you know, the entertainment since I've felt that Hollywood is a little bit dead, but that in a way it helps a lot the, um, you know, all the independent filmmakers to come up to light and do something, you know, cause if, if, you know, Hollywood as, as the industry that we know, the big giant Hollywood people, uh, as it's dying slowly, um, a lot of new filmmakers are, are taking, kind of like taking over and, and well, and that's, you know, they maybe not in, in terms of a lot of money and evilness, but you know what I mean? Like, and creepiness. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're creating, they're creating a lot of, of things and, People love to be entertained, but that's why they, I guess, they keep buying stuff like that. But I kind of being a bit away from it. Yeah, I think between, uh, well, to say the least, between you and Antoinette, any independent filmmakers out there, you'd have some pretty good casting mm-hmm. female leads right there, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, yeah. <laughs> so you guys definitely aren't ugly, and you guys both have great personalities and are funny. So to say the least. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of independent filmmakers now, you know, they're not being shadowed. You know, I mean. They're, they're more able to get exposure now. And people, obviously, like Keisha said, want their entertainment. So it's a good opportunity right now for them to put themselves out there and get some you know, attention. 
Uh, we got a couple of great conservative gals here who would surely uh, make movies great again. Oh, yeah. There you go. Let's open um, up a conservative studio. <laughs> all right. Trump rally this past weekend. It was Saturday in Perry, Georgia. It was a uh, Run Herschel Run sponsored Save America themed event. We all know what it is. Donald Trump finds somebody that's running somewhere where he definitely has a large majority of support. And then he says he's going to do a rally for them, but the rally is actually him. Uh, <laughs> you know, you had some good speakers beforehand, namely Herschel Walker, who's running for Senate. And then you have uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene up there talking about all the good things that she's doing, like not voting for the red flag gun laws right. in the House of Representatives last week. Like a lot of the people who, you know, Matt Gates, Madison Cawthorn, Dan Crenshaw, of course, people that surprised me. Gates voted for it? Well, it's one of those things where he said, oh, it was like a staffing issue. It's not going to get passed in the Senate anyway, so just put my name on it. You know, it's just one of those things. Mm. It, it was every excuse under the sun. Um <clears throat> But more importantly, you know, D Donald Trump's out there and, and he, he's at the front of the movement right now as the, as the literal and figurative speakerhead um, and talked about the best places to be when you're in Georgia, even on the day of a Bulldogs game. Is everybody having, I mean, look, our country's embarrassed. The whole world is laughing at us. <laughs> but is there any place better to be than a Trump rally? Right? <laughs> In conclusion, everyone here tonight knows that the extreme left will stop at nothing to destroy the America we love and the America that we hold dear. In conclusion. Well, here's the thing. It's not a Trump rally, but even he knows where it's at. Yeah. So it's yeah. at a it's at a Trump rally. Geisha, were you able to hear any parts of the rally over the weekend? It was it was pretty good. It, they kind of turned a corner. We had the results from the Maricopa audit, which came out Friday, very revealing. Interesting to see where that goes legally. And then you have, you know, some of these candidates that he's trying to get into the House and the Senate and to be governors and, you know, the United States right now that are going to kind of take the momentum back from the progressive left and the, uh, you know, radical leftists in the party, which are running the government right now. Um, what what'd you, what'd you think from some of the stuff you saw out of it? Well, it always makes me happy to to listen to his enthusiasm, and you know what I mean. Like, I don't know uh, how I don't know if this is the same um, for you guys, but every time it just gets more hilarious. Like, people are actually um, like enjoying the speeches even more with everything that's happening. As as it just keeps getting more bizarre and, and bizarre. I see the media now. Um, really distorting everything that's been happening with the auditing where where they want to say well we're not actually lying we are saying that the results show that Biden won is like well you're missing the part that it says um you know it won with fake votes so technically they're trying to manipulate everything imagine that where is where they're like well, technically, it's true that he, you know, that this here that he won. He's in the White House. And not saying that it was with fake votes. And it's like, yeah, we already know that he won with fake votes. That's but the auditing is to, you know, to show so what what really what really happened. And they're not reporting anything about the results uh, in in that way. And in in. And seeing just just listening to Trump's explaining where we at now just brings 
some calm in my in my opinion i get a little like okay so what's gonna happen because um i'm not um, i don't well i don't know i'm not like panicking because we know that this is not something that you can just say oh these are the results period he won they lost or anything no this is still an upgoing you know upcoming process so there's more to come um and they're just hiding the truth as much as they can but then at so when, like how, how far we need to go um, and how, how many um, auditing results we need to um, show publicly to, to, I don't know, I don't know if you, if you, if you uh, follow me on this one where um, this is some, this was something huge. We show, we showed on television um, what happened in the fraudulent, like the, the fraud was publicly shown in a way, right? Then, um, we're going to do this for the other states. Is that where we at? Yeah. Yeah, we are. I, I understand where you're coming from. It, you, you're like, you're trying to say it shouldn't take more than one. And obviously we've had one already released. Like here's the fraud. Here's how it was done. Why is the media repressing it? Why isn't the government getting on board with supporting the results of this audit when it's probably legally, you know, pr probably going to take at least three states to have similar, mm -hmm. if not more damning results before we can ever get it before the Supreme Court. And I understand also that they want to make sure that they, they need to know that which other states did the same because that automatically includes them as uh, fraudulent, as, as treasonous. So you can't just say, uh, well, yeah, it's over. He won, case closed, you're going to jail. Like we need to see what other states were part of it as well. And and that's when, when you know, just, just seeing Trump standing and, and talking and, and still being there for people when this process takes a lot of time is so appreciated because because people need to 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 hey be reminded like hey we're we're working on this this takes a lot of time but it's necessary if we want to just completely drain the swamp you know what I mean like you need to see which other state did the same thing um, in order to catch them all like a Pokemon or something. I don't know. You know I like that analogy. Hey, I get it. Sometimes you have to explain things like you're, you know, you're talking to children. Like I saw with that uh, Monopoly example, one of the, uh, one of the guys, I think it was one of the, um, uh, you know, orange man bad or something posted that um, if you're, if you're counting Monopoly money with in your money, you're, you know, and you see that it's not, real money is fake money then you're doing an auditing and and it was a great example of what's happening right now it's like you can still have 30 bucks but if you have five bucks on monopoly game you know five. You're, you're gonna have 30 bucks but you know you're, you're technically only gonna have 25 in real money and if you try to spend the fake money you're probably gonna go to jail exactly um i don't know it's it's just a lot yeah it's true and, and definitely something that needs to continue to be worked on um, Donald Trump stayed on the narrative of Afghanistan early on in the speech, kind of something that uh, had faded a little bit due to the fact of the border crisis and, and all the other garbage that's going on with the administration right now, in addition to the Maricopa audit results coming out. However, it is back in the news cycle today, um, and, and he kind of put a little different spin on it. There, there, there was a couple surprises in, in the Afghanistan narrative that he had hit on for a few weeks and I think two other rallies now, but, but really was able to tie it in nicely. Uh, the first one was he left 13 seats in the front row 
of the rally empty with folded American flags and flowers on them for the 13 servicemen that lost their lives in the attack on the airport um, in Kabul. That was uh, a nice touch. Yeah, it, it was a good touch and something that this administration had failed to do from basically top to bottom. And, and we covered that in an extent as well. But you mean like dismissively waving over your shoulder at a grieving mother? That's not... Who doesn't care that level? your son died of cancer after yeah. they served in theater yeah. and didn't die yeah. from a terrorist attack. Let's hear what he had to say on Afghanistan um, as the rally kind of really got into it. Situation down like it never took place because they are among the most corrupt people in this country. You don't even see it anymore about Afghanistan. They don't talk about it. They don't talk about it, but I will. The Democrats are after me with prosecutors and everything else they can think of. Like, they want to make sure that I just be quiet. (laughs) But you know what? They want to silence me just like they've silenced so many others. It's one of the reasons we don't get the support we should from a lot of very good Republicans, but they're not as brave as they have to be. And others are in agreement with us, but they're afraid. The people we're dealing with are evil and angry and destroying our country. They're destroying our country. And they want to go after me because I have, they think a big mouth. I don't have a big mouth. You know what I have? I have a mouth that tells the truth. I have a mouth that wants to say. Nice. That, yeah, that was good. And it was kind of a lead in to where he was going with that. Now that he had the crowd kind of fired up, um, there was like a little bit of a surprise. The one of the pictures that became that went viral uh, over the course of the uh, Afghan withdrawal, retreat, pullout, whatever you want to call it, was uh, of, of a U.S. service member standing on top of the wall at the airport and um, carrying over the wall uh, a child who was, was passed to them by their Afghan parents. And uh, not only did it just turn out that that service member was from Perry, Georgia, where the rally was held, he was in attendance and on cue was called up on stage to talk about that experience by Donald Trump. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, let's let's hear how that moment went down. And we're also honored to be joined by one of the Marines who bravely served in Kabul during the withdrawal and helped evacuate children over the airport and over the airport wall. You saw him. He did a great job, Lance Corporal Hunter Ian Clark. Lance Corporal, come up here. Come up here. Come on down. Come up, handsome guy. Hunter comes from a military family and went to school right here in Perry, Georgia. Can you believe that? Come on up here. Hey, my name's uh, Lance Corporal Hunter Clark. I'm here from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, I am the guy that uh, pulled the baby over the wall, and it's definitely probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. I just want to thank all the support from all y'all. It really means a lot. And uh, I'm glad to be home now today. Thank you. Thank you. 
one of those. No, it was, it was great to see that moment. And listen, we know Donald Trump's a brilliant guy. He, he's a really great businessman, and, and he, he's so good with his words and the way he talks and how he can handle things on the fly. The team that he's got working around him right now, they're not missing a beat. Yeah. In, re- in regards with, like, the blue-collar, working family, like, entire demographic of people that feel ostracized in this country right now. Um, if there's something that his campaign can do to pull on the heartstrings in a legitimate fashion, he's hitting it right now. Well, what do you think, uh, Ron? Uh, tell us about it. Uh, I mean, Geisha, like, when, when you see stuff like that, uh, how does it make you feel? I mean, I see you sitting there smiling. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you just can't really guess that these things are going to happen, and all of a sudden he keeps just pulling out, like, these aces. Like, yeah. It's a, what, what makes me feel is that it's amazing that uh, we have – I'm, I live here in the United States, so I can say that we have someone that is is truly, you know, fighting to to help what we're dealing with. Right. We're dealing with a lot of people that are um, hurting a ton, you know, all the nations in a way, because this is an this is an attack to to our our lives in, in all the different places in the world. But at the same time, like it makes me. um it's, it's frustrating how is it going for some other countries that do not have as much freedom, even though they're being fighting a lot to take it away from us. Like, we, you know, we have people trying to fire, firing us from work or, or not accepting you on a restaurant and stuff like that here. But still, it's not like what we're seeing in Australia. That is really heartbreaking, um, the things that that I've been seeing how they've been treating also people in Canada, yeah. what's happening like in my country, they're coming after the children now. And it's, it is like, there's here, here, they just manipulate people to give away their freedom in other places. It's like, they don't even have any. And they don't even give them the option. They just don't even, and it's crazy to think that these developed countries, right? Like we're talking about countries that it's not like a third world country or, or, or something where, uh, obviously, in third world countries, they just take a they take advantage of of people, right? Because they they really keep the poverty pretty high, they keep the education pretty low, so they can take a take you know advantage advantage of that, and then then just abuse the people. Uh, but it's crazy that places that you will never think it will be so bizarre is it's it's happening. They're dragging people by the by the you know. The, just the, their necks on the streets and and the police are just straightforward. It's, it's back to Gestapo. I don't know. It's like police attacking people when it was in the first place. They're supposed to be the one defending them, right? Like they're supposed to be the one protecting the people. And um, it's it's pretty, pretty bad. I don't know uh, to, to points where you can't even walk to a grocery store so they want to limit your basic needs. Right. And, and it is it, it, it's something that that's the that to me, that's the hardest thing emotionally to deal with. Uh, when I see people in the U.S. complaining about, you know, fuck your freedom thing and supporting like, sorry, but pieces of shit artists and, and stuff that are just. Just, just like, yeah, fuck your freedom. It's like, yeah, in your fucking $20 million mansion, right, you motherfucker? Mm. Like, it just really pisses me off that that the brainwashing is so intense that people don't see how how bad it is. And and um, 
you know, people say that it's it's going to get bad so it can get better. Like they're, they're saying that they're going to push it here until they realize that they're fucked. But then because of this waiting time, a lot of countries are are in that fucked face right now. Like they are in the place where where a lot of people are just like taking the vaccine because they had no other choice or doing this and that or fighting and getting beaten up, taking to jail and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it is a war. And and it, you know, Trump really it's 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 a fresh you know just fresh air to see someone that is encouraging people to not give away this freedom to still fight to still defend the truth you know to still let's say um just say no to what's wrong and and do what's right like some we need somebody that that like um you know, we, we have a ton of, of influencers, false idols and stuff like that all over the place. And none of them really are taking a step forward to say, you know, stand for the truth. And then when, when it happened with Nicki Minaj, you see what happens, like they're, they're always going to try to like backstab you after you stand, stand up. And um, I think it's a decision that people should make and be okay. Like you can just take that decision and be okay. If people try to come after you after but understand that you're doing the right thing. Don't be afraid of, oh, people are going to, I'm getting bullied. I hear that a lot. Like people are bullying me every time I talk about the back. You must, you have a shit ton of evidence. There's a ton of evidence. There's no bullying you. They are the dumb ones. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to like, <laughs> like that type of person. But when the evidence is so obvious yeah. and it's so ridiculously like enough and, and just, just, just common sense, then yeah. it's not bullying. It's not bullying. You're dealing with the 12 year old mindset, you know, people who still cannot process things for themselves. Don't feel embarrassed about standing for what's right. Oh, it's freaking a, it. feel proud about it. Yeah. It's, it's a legit counter argument to, to a narrative that needs to be discussed. And that's, that's an excellent point that you made there um, in regards to how the elites kind of treat it. Like, you know, I was, I was talking with someone recently and they were, they were saying how, you know, how this stuff kind of stays prevalent. And I said, because the people who make the decisions are, are so elite and so rich that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what happens. The borders could be open forever. Everyone could be mandated vaccines. You could shut down the entire economy. They are so rich and in yeah. such an elite they class. They never take vaccines. They yeah. don't take vaccines. They don't need passports. They don't need any of that. They don't need any of the IDs that they're trying to implement on us. Yep. And it'll they never affect them. So us, because we are their slaves, right? That we are supposed to work to, to, you know, to provide money for, for them to keep, you know, raising their, their freaking wealth. But, it, you know, at some point people got to wake up to that. Sure do. It's a number. Wait, you mean like rich celebrities? And like politicians don't stand in line at the DMV for their IDs. Dude, the president of my country, do you know where he was seen the other day? He where? was at a party. Epstein's Island? Uh, well, he was with Epstein's friends, right? The Clinton. So he Ugh. was like with, with the with Bill Clinton in a bash party for and in New York City after you know they were they were together for the UN and um after that, they just like, you know, let's kick in on my after party. So they went with all our taxpayers money to, you know, probably have some pizzas and hot dogs or some shit mm. like that. And, <laughs> and just enjoy New York City because the elite in New York City have the best time. You know, there's two worlds in New York City. There's like the, the normies, right? Um, the ones that think like, oh, yeah, living in Soho, I'm so cool. And then the <laughs> elite that is they, they have like whole buildings that they own whole buildings. And then, you know, there's me here, like, you know, uptown New York, where I'm like, 
drinking my beer and trying to do something about it. Um, <laughs> but it's a very here is super divided. But yeah. anyway, yeah, that's the president of my country who came here to complain that somebody was trying to kill him. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. He told the people in the U.N. like, yeah, you know, there's an attempt of assassination for me. And and then later he said that he doesn't know about that person. Like, well, well I have is he, no clue what is he's he claiming asylum. Hmm? Not yet. Baseless claim. Should have told him you'll never be Haiti. Ooh. It's pretty funny that he was hanging out with the Clintons, though. The um, yeah. There you go. Oh, okay, okay. So Donald Trump weighed in on the Maricopa results. He had about a day to digest them. It doesn't really matter anyway because he's been extremely opinionated on it uh, throughout the course of the audit. But let's hear what he had to say and, and the crowd's reaction to uh, when he kind of let in on the stuff that's going on with the uh, Arizona audit disposition. As a result of the Arizona forensic audit, 41 legislators from across the nation wrote an open letter to the American people calling for audits in all 50 states and decertification of the election where appropriate, a total decertification. It is clear in Arizona that they must decertify the election. You heard the numbers. And those responsible for wrongdoing must be held accountable. It was a corrupt election. And it's my opinion, by the way, that Georgia is far worse. And hopefully the Arizona attorney general, a good man, will do far more for his state than your attorney general has done for your state. Because your attorney general has not done what he's supposed to be doing. And what he's supposed to be doing is free and clear and non-corrupt elections. And they're not doing that. We must elect strong, brave America first leaders who will be true champions for the people and for free, fair, and honest elections. And we must demand election integrity at all costs. If we don't have borders, if we don't have elections, if we don't have our military back and strong, I rebuilt the military and now look what happens. They're giving it away to the enemy. To think 28 Apache helicopters, you don't know. I he was talking about those Apache helicopters. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't have as much pressure on, on Kemp and Raffensperger as he does with Paxson and, and Abbott down in Texas um, when you talk about Georgia. But he has completely put it out there that those two need to do a better job of either exposing what happened or at least getting on board with supporting some of the audit stuff uh, that's going around around the country because Georgia's been terrible at, you know, getting this stuff rolling. And it looks like we're not even going to be able to get into preliminary hearings for an audit in just Fulton County until the beginning of 2022, which is garbage. Wow. So mm. yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty damning. Uh, Disappoint. Yeah. And, and like, like we've talked about on the show before, they've got a great judge down there who has pushed back on the defense several times to try and get this dismissed, to try and countersuit and says, listen, there are, I have seen as the judge, judge Marrow clear evidence of funny stuff with the absentee ballots. There's the Facebook money. There's the drop boxes. You had John Fredericks on real America's voice again yesterday talking about how the gateway pendants getting ready to drop this exclusive video from Pennsylvania, from Georgia and from Arizona where kids basically went around ballot harvested and the same kids 
several hundred times filled up those Facebook drop boxes in the states with mail-in ballots, hundreds wow. of them at a time. Zucker boxes? Yeah. So, and, and every single governor and secretary of state that's not on board or pushing back against these audits has direct ties to monetary contracts with Dominion Voting. They have direct ties to uh, lobby groups connecting from, you know, all the way up for the DNC and, and big labor unions all the way to like Stacey Abrams and Georgia's case and, and, and stuff like that. And, and it's like you can't make this stuff up. But at the end of the day, you know, we're moving. It's just really slow. He did talk about some things that are also going on and involving court as well. Probably one of our favorite topics to talk about, Durham. Um, he brought that up during the speech and and the first indictment from Sussman, who, you know, was a Clinton lawyer who kind of gave bad information knowingly to the FBI and, and worked with Christopher Steele to try and legitimize that uh, information at the start of the uh, Russia probe back in 2017. So let's hear what he had to say in addition to the Arizona results, what the first indictment from Durham had. Last week, it was painstakingly revealed by Durham. You know Durham, the Durham report. We've been waiting. Thank you. Thank you, Durham. Thank you. Mr. Durham, we've been waiting, but he came out with a big one, and perhaps they're going to come out with a lot more, because this should be just the beginning. The Durham investigators at the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax was indeed a total scam made up by crooked Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. How would you like to have her as your wife? <laughs> Lock her up. No, but think of this. I mean, Bill Clinton, he's living in fear. He's living in fear. No, think about an evil mind like that to make up a Russia hoax. You know, I'll tell you a quick little story. Should I or should I just go through it? Stop it. He's so sorry. I can't believe he said, imagine to have that as your wife. I know. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Oh, that's amazing. No, it's good to see the Durham stuff to start coming out right now. And and where we're going to go with that is apparently there are going to be several more indictments. There Apparently he is a real person. Apparently he is a real person. And also apparently... Trump forgot his name because he said, thank you. Thank you, Durham. Thank you, Mr. Durham. His name's John. Well, there's two Durhams. There's his son, and then there's John him. Durham. Yeah, that's true. Paging Mr. Durham. So where's Durham? Well, we know where he is now. I can't wait to see what this guy looks like. I know he's not going to look like the 2014 file footage that we always see of him with the bald head and the, and the like mustache. broom mustache beard. Imagine he grew his hair out. It's like super long, and he has no beard. <laughs> That'd be amazing. What if he's the non-cartoon version of Mr. Garrison? I have to say Scissor Me Timbers then. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, they, they kind of went on from there and, and basically, you know, talked about some of the people running in Georgia, hit on a couple other one-liners. They actually, and I'm going to throw a shout out right now, Grand Old Memes, that, that meme that we shared two weeks ago of George Bush's face superimposed <laughs> on Liz Cheney's congressional picture. Donald Trump used it as a prop during the rally and put it up on the jumbotron uh, to talk. Yeah, to talk about just exactly what you're getting when when you uh, you know get Liz Cheney. So I thought that was pretty awesome to hear, and uh, you know it, it was just a good time. And and like all things, uh, ended in true 
Trump fashion as he kind of rounds up the narrative and gets everybody fired up as the rally came to a close. So let's hear. Our ancestors summoned the courage to fight and win our independence against the most powerful empire on earth. Our parents, grandparents and great grandparents stormed the beaches to crush fascism. They found the strength to topple communism. And we will not be afraid of woke lunatics who despise everything those heroes fought so hard for and those heroes fought and died for. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet as long as we remember that we are Americans and there is nothing that Americans can not do. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never back down. We will never, ever surrender. My fellow Americans, our movement has just begun. In fact, our fight has only just begun. This is the greatest movement in the history of our country, perhaps the greatest movement in any country. And we're going to make sure that we see it to the end. Our country will be stronger than ever before. Because the fact is, we are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. So with love of our nation swelling in our hearts and the spirit of America stirring in our souls, I say these words to you tonight. We will make America powerful again. Well, we all know where it goes from there. Um, the speechwriters fine-tuned that a couple times since the start of the Save America rallies and, and taken and, and added and removed things from them. I think uh, the, the big thing is right now, though, you know, what he tries to really embody in, in these speeches, even though there's a lot of, like I said, memes, you get the lock her up. It's been a while since we've heard one of those. That's pretty good. I like that one. Save the seats for the servicemen, brought the servicemen up on stage. Really touching the heartstrings. It, it, it's it's a it's a big dose of hopium, but but at the end of the day, I I think that you know it, it's definitely a lot of optimism because of all the bad stuff going on in this country and all the bad stuff going on in the world right now. That he kind of you know wants you to remember that not only are the things that he points out in these rallies happening and some of them are great, um, is that he's really behind the scenes working and in into what context we may never really know. Yeah, and we have a leader. Because the one in the White House is not definitely not a leader. Well, he wants ninety eight percent of the country to get vaccinated. So I mean, that's that's the antithesis of a leader. I just can't deal with that guy anymore and his hairy ass arms. Looks like a Yorkie on his arm. Yeah, they turn. They turn. I don't know if you ever heard this, Antoinette. They turn blonde in the sun, and then they they go into the pool and they they, they move. float up. Yeah, and the, and the kids will rub my rub my leg down. They relax. Have a word that's original. I don't know if you guys ever heard. Corn Papa's a bad dude. Corn Papa's a bad dude. <laughs> Geisha, have you met Corn Papa in New York? Oh, 
No, not yet. No. Man. He was a bad dude, apparently, according yeah. to Joe Biden. So said when he when he used to be a lifeguard at the pool, there was this there was this African American fellow who his name was Corn Pop and he ran with some bad dudes and he would have to kinda tell them at the you know, not at my pool. That's a story. That's a story from Joe Biden. Oh, I'm gonna send you the video later. It's yeah, make your head spin. Pretty good. Because I know that the 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 blonde the blonde hairs and the water. And it's the this. It's the same day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the but same day. I, they, they cut that part. You see, man, they're cutting that part. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing segue. He was talking about the legs hair, and then he says he knows about roaches, and then immediately segue to this African American kid from his youth that he used to have run-ins with. So I was like, ooh. And then, like, he's completely encircled. It was, it was at an event, I believe, in the South, and, you know, a majority of the people that were attending this event were African-American mothers and their children, and they were all just kind of like, they looked about <laughs> as confused as Noah does right now, which is extremely. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you never know what this guy's talking about. It makes you realize neither why does he. a lot of the Democrats still, like, the voters, is the, the ones that still remain, why they hate talking about politics and they're just like no i don't like i don't like talking about politics i i don't i don't you know it's like yeah you if you knew about what you voted of course you wouldn't want to talk about that they don't want to hear it i want to hear it exactly yeah if you have a conversation that lasts longer than 10 minutes without them shifting into five different talking points then right you're not That's talking you're not talking about like the right no, things no. <laughs> Yeah, well, Geisha, listen, as we're getting ready to cut with you now and bring Kyle Becker in, um, why don't you remind our audience where they could find you on social media? We know the shadow bands are bad, but we're still going to put live links in the show description. and Hopefully you'll get some more followers and people interacting with you, whether it's on your Telegram or your Instagram, wherever you want them to go. Uh, Give us where to find you and, uh, you know, we'll send them your way. Well, my my account still is Geisha Montes. Uh, you know, like the memoirs of a geisha, G-E-I-S-H-A, Montes, M-O-N-T-E-S, which sounds like mounts in Spanish or something. Okay. Um, yeah, I was still there and, uh, you know, always, always cool to get to hang out with you guys. Oh, I, I say it's, it's pretty safe to say we're going to be bringing you back again. You're definitely a fan favorite and obviously one of our favorite guests of all time. Much love. So you're moving. What? What's next? What's next? So I know. Give me the insights. Who's coming up? We're going to have Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News coming in to talk about some of the other stories going on. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And then the show will be up pretty soon and we'll send you the links so you can share them on your shadow band social medias for us. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll do a lot of good. Oh, you know, we're migrating soon. So. Oh, that's yeah, true. To like New Horizons where we can find. Uh, reach more people well you you did say it yourself we are definitely physically something into material material whatever um listen next time you do one of those uh ads for latino film festival you know when you're going and you're sitting there going ready to touch the baby's face you could always whisper into the camera steak for breakfast podcast oh yeah (laughs) i i wouldn't hate it uh yeah there you go so you can say it in spanish too i guess yeah, yeah, you know, why not? I, I see a lot of uh, people in, in the U.S. who speak Spanish are also, you know, tired of this shit. And they're just cursing now in Spanish, all that's going on. Yeah, how, would I, you, how would you say steak for breakfast in Spanish? Geisha, tell us. Bueno, steak. Filete de desayuno. Doesn't sound too terrible. How do you say podcast? Yeah, how do you podcast? El podcasto. Yeah, podcast. Just add an O to it, yeah. Eh, la radio de filete de desayuno. I don't know. It's really weird. That sounds good. 
Yeah, I don't hate it. It definitely sounds great. Geisha, it was, it was good seeing you and, and, and talking with you today. We love having you on, and we'll have you back on again soon. Love you guys. Thank you Come for on. having me. Take care, dear. All right, joining us on the program right now, he's a former writer and associate producer at Fox News, but more importantly, he's currently the CEO of Becker News. Mr. Kyle Becker, thanks for coming down and spending time with us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thanks for inviting me, Matt. I look forward to this. Uh, you know, it'll be great, great talking, uh, talking all the hot topics out there. So yeah. let's get it going. It's good to uh, finally get you on the show. I know we've been tracking your progress for a long time, but uh, we connected most recently and uh, we're able to get it done. So we're glad to get some of your feedback today. Um, before we get started, why don't you tell our listening audience a little bit about what you're doing right now, some of the endeavors you're working in and uh, how everything's going on your end. No, uh, everything's great in terms of uh, BeckerNews.com. Uh, you know, it's been going on for like nine months. I just officially got uh, everything uh, certified to be, you know, I'm a corporation, uh, S-Cora out of New York. Uh, you know, we'll be uh, expanding as the uh, as, as we head towards the 2022 midterms. Um, just, just trying to stay involved, keep people informed, just be as truthful and accurate and independent as I possibly can be. And uh, just arm people with uh, information they need to make, uh, you know, informed decisions about what's going on in this country, which is kind of crazy if you haven't noticed. A little bit, yeah. I think I noticed some interesting things happening, craziness. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely good. We've been following your website for quite some time. It's a, it's a good alternative news source to news that's actually important, not a whole bunch of the... Uh, you know, the same cut and paste BS that yeah, you get the, everywhere else. The yeah. mockingbirded uh, speak that you get from the mainstream media with the same headlines pretty much on every show, on every channel, every night. Um, yeah, so- well, I, th- I think I, basically, you know, my approach to to journalism um, is essentially, you know, we're, we're like, uh, you know, many Americans are like fish who are swimming in a pond of propaganda and they don't even know that they're wet. Um, you know, there are tens of millions of people out there who don't get another side of the story. So like my approach, first of all, is like everything is sourced really well, no matter what, like if you go in, you can find it yourself, you can come to your own opinion about it, but you're gonna get my opinion on, uh, on it also, like, you know, not too heavy handed, but you'll get my opinion on it about why this is significant in a way that the rest of the media is not talking about. But you know what, I'm not trying to, you know, like, like the New York Times, for example, you know, I'm not trying to pretend that all of this information um, has to be interpreted a certain way that they call objective. Um, so they're lying to people when they when they say that they're being objective and everybody else is not. Um, and so I just, you know, I respect respect readers' opinions, but I'm, I'm also going to tell them why something can be interpreted in a way that the mainstream narrative is you know as is they're wrong essentially in a lot of cases so yeah it's ironic when they say that they're fair and balanced and they're anything but fair and balanced yeah i saw a new york times article uh you know yesterday there were like four lies about covid and (laughs) vaccines like provable lies imagine that fda like they're lies uh so i mean somebody's got to push back against that well they've also carried the reins on the border patrol story for the administration as well. In addition oh, to horrible. trying at, at several well, points to rewrite American history in regards to like things like the 1619 project and, and implementation of CRT and stuff like that as well. So the New York times is probably the worst example of anything, you know, used to be the gold standard and now it's like the crap standard. I'm just waiting for them to uh, 
say that the Border Patrol was actually the original people that were importing slaves into America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so one great example about that is Axios actually came out and said that the Border Patrol agents were whipping at these poor Haitian migrants who were trying to get into the country and supposedly get asylum. And uh, I, I basically just said, I'm reporting this. I never do this. But I just said, like, right at the front, I am reporting this for disinformation. Like, I'm, I'm not even playing around. I'm not going to argue with you. Like, I'm going to report this for disinformation because it's just so blatant. It's not like they misinterpreted it. Like, it's a lie. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a flat out lie. So I reported it. And it's like it had a ton of engagement. Just like, yes. Everybody was like, yes. I'm like, well, I figured hundreds of people must have reported them. They actually retracted it and issued like a, you know, like a an editor's note about it. Jen Psaki, after that, oh, she still ran with it. Basically, still insisting that that is a thing that happened. Well, that anything they were whipping these poor Haitian migrants. Yeah, and and the photographer said that it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't true either. So, I mean, when they're able to just try to gaslight that brazenly, right in all of our faces, you know, I think we're just facing a level of corruption and dishonesty that yeah. is breathtaking. And I, you know, I, I've never seen it from any administration. They said that Donald Trump lied all the time. He, I mean, he BSed here and there, but he didn't like try to gaslight people yeah. about things that 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 didn't happen and insisted that they happened. No, you know? he, so Donald yeah, Trump definitely exaggerated a lot of points and yeah, he overstated. And, yeah. It was bombastic. Yeah, but the fact of the matter, he was is, a salesman. He was right, selling exactly. his brand of politics, and I think that's much different than just insisting something happened that ne- that everybody knows. You know, not yeah, everybody, but never flat out most lie. people should know it didn't happen. What was that? He's never flat out lied to my knowledge. No, he doesn't do that. He, he's he's a he's a BS artist, but you know, but he's. I mean, I think every he does it with a wink and a nod. You know, he does it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's funny how the media who calls him a liar are the biggest liars. Oh, oh yeah. Well, one of the things that Donald Trump didn't lie about is to the extent the media would go to lie to push their narrative over the course of his presidency, and that's carried out way more overtly now during this current air quoting administration um, or lack thereof, but they're really carrying the water pitchers for these guys right now. And, and, you know, Kyle, you just made an excellent point. That's a perfect example. I'm sure Alan Duke was furious when you reported that for misinformation because he had to probably go back and fact check it. (laughs) Right. We're we're definitely Um, not a favorite of his. Right. And one one thing interesting along on the, along these lines that I saw recently is that, uh, the Sunday Times, a British publication, mm-hmm. um, is you know they had a they had a, 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 a you know a long form article on Sunday, and it was drawing attention to the 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 U.S. election in 2020 being illegitimate. I was just reading that uh, last night. Yeah, you read that. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, and and I think that so you don't even need even if you you know you get into the Arizona audit results, which you know we we saw that. There are a lot of questions about tens of thousands of ballots that appear to be uh, either questionable or should be thrown out under under Arizona law and uh, or Georgia election. But even if you set all of that stuff aside, there was a cabal <laughs> in 2020, beginning about in March, that you know, big you know, big tech companies. Oh uh, yeah, the, the article that said that there was a. a- a grope, a group effort, grope effort, group effort that Both was effort. <laughs> that was uh, what to bolstering the election and to save fortifying, America. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fortifying, fortifying the yeah. election, and and you know that's some sort of Orwellian 
uh, euphemism that they use there. The Ministry um, of Truth, yeah. But but what you see there is a sort of embryo of fascism, and what you know, li- you know, you want liberals to sort of go just at least share with uh, the right or independents the same kind of concern about corporate control over the media and, and basically choosing our candidates for us and silencing uh, legitimate political opposition, all the things that they claimed for decades that they were concerned about, they just dropped that because they just they just hate Trump so much. They have so yeah. much TDS that they just abandoned their principles um, for sort of the first politically expedient uh, reason. And um, w- one of the things that I uh, kind of was happy to see recently, in addition to this short of Sunday Times, like, you know, putting that out there, um, you know, is Russell Brand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's legit right now. He formed a Rumble account. And I went there and I was I was looking at him like, you know, n- not only did he say Trump was right about, you know, the Russia hoax. Everything. And about Clayton corruption, you know, and all these things. And another aspect of of the way they tried to delegitimize Trump and and sort of, you know, uh, try to, you know, interfere in the 2020 election and um, undermine his entire presidency. But he also just recently pointed out that Facebook, which, of course, uh, you know, censored Trump, uh, their vaccine misinformation fact checkers are actually like uh, have ties to the vaccine industry. Well, yeah. And like he was, you know, so I love that iconoclastic sort of thing where some liberals like, you know, and I know Russell Brand's not the biggest name right now, but he had his time in the, in the, in the spotlight for a while. Um, But it's good to just, even on the edges, you know, I just kind of keep my eye open for people like that. You know, obviously Joe Rogan, much bigger right now. Um, Yeah. That was a huge blow. What's that? That was a huge blow to the, to the narrative him. Yeah. Yes. Not just the vaccine, the vaccine thing that, you know, uh, where he, he, he's not, he's not for the vaccine. And he talked about his ivermectin treatment and everything like that. Um, (laughs) The whole horse. I don't know why horses are so prominent in the news nowadays, but the horse dewormer thing, um, which was, which was another hoax. Yeah. That's the best Um, way to invalidate any legitimate treatment is like, all right, what's the weirdest thing this thing's associated to? It's like, Oh, yeah, elephantitis of the balls. Yeah, we're just going to run with that now. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's all yes, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, no, but it's good to see, like, just you know, we we had um, who who is there was some uh, you know, uh, I saw the thing where um, Rihanna was wearing a T-shirt, you know, about you know think you know think while it's still legal. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, we had Nicki Nicki Minaj pushing back. Uh, uh, um, about about vaccination. Speaking of elephantitis, he's yeah. talking about <laughs> boyfriend having a swole, swollen uh, testes. Uh, so you got Rose McGowan, Paris Hilton. Rose McGowan's very based. So yeah, yeah. I, I love. I mean, she's the hottest of hot takes. Like that's she just nukes everyone. Oh yeah, including the Clintons. Uh, you know, so she's great to follow, and but she's well spoken kind of too. Stirrings. I just, you know, I see these kind of stirrings out there among, you know, they're not right wingers. A no, lot of them. they're definitely not right wingers, um, but they're pushing back. So I think like in terms of, you know, the the frog in the boiling pot thing, like some of them are starting to uh, starting to jump, you know, and uh, 
you know, because they because they're because they're cranking up the heat in the Biden administration and in, in some of these blue states like uh, Gavin Newsom, for example, in California, universal mail-in ballots approved yesterday. What, what the hell? I mean, like, OK, you live in a state where every election that you vote in until this law is gone, it will be rigged. Yes. It, it is going to be rigged like there's no other reason to do that. Um, it's well, because it's so difficult to track those ballots. And even like what Jimmy Carter uh, think tank said, like, you know, those kind of mail in ballot operations around the world are just prone to corruption and, and fraud. Well, it's the um, friendly way to install a regime. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, oh, ma- mail, mail doesn't sound bad. Ma- mail in ballot. Yeah, that sounds friendly. Service. What's yeah. controversial about that? Nothing. Well, I could put a smiley face stamp the, on it. Besides the fact that they got a COVID vaccine mandate exemption. And yeah. now, now they're delivering elections. I mean, mail. <laughs> so it's pretty funny how that one hand washes the other. And that all goes back to the labor union, to the lobby groups, all those people involved. I they're, mean, they're not gr- still saying that uh, COVID stays on surfaces, are they? I don't think so. On the mail? No. They actually, yeah, they actually had a mainstream article sort of debunk that. I think it was like in March or yeah, April. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking yeah. about it being on money too. Like how I think Hong Kong, or I forgot one of those Asian countries where they want to ban all like outright. Thought you met the strip club. Paper money because. The, yeah, they want to go fully digital. Well, I saw the Fed was yeah. sort of signing on to that idea too, or just floating. They always just yeah. like do this, like they're just, we're just going to float it out there, you know? And then of course, China hates Bitcoin and, you know, they, they hate, that's like the two prong thing. Do we want to sort of have our own digital currency and, either regulate or abolish Bitcoin, depending on what country it is. Um, well, moving, just, moving everything to, to digital. Control, they don't want us to control our own lives. That's what it boils down to. What, what was that? Uh, oh, I was saying moving everything to digital is just a wild, you know, propaganda thing. And it's yeah. actually funny because like if they want to move to digital, but then the postal service, if they're going to be like, all right, we can't use money because COVID's on the money. But then you got a bunch of people delivering your mail who aren't vaccinated. <laughs> and delivering it, it just, elections. It, it implodes their whole thing. Like, it just doesn't work. It's like the, it's like the, uh, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and I need to protect the Stop it. vaccinated from the unvaccinated. I'm like, are you, are you hearing yourself talk right now? Like. I don't know. And, and what was it? The Postal Service, at, at, at least, was, uh, you know, sort of uh, exempt somehow from this, yeah. uh, from the vaccine. Yeah, mandate, yeah they got at the least exemption. thus far. Well, we haven't even seen the OSHA, the OSHA, the print document yet. They haven't even issued it. Yeah, so they, they just kind of, what's that, Antoinette? They haven't like released it yet. I've been waiting too. Right? Yeah, me too. And I think that they, they're just trying to strong arm all of these big corporations into sort of getting ahead of the regulation because they don't want the compliance, you know, they don't want to be hit with the compliance all at once. So they're just trying to comply before it's even released. And, and maybe it will take a few more weeks, who knows? And then it'll just go to court and then it'll take a few weeks and then it will get overturned. But guess what? It doesn't matter because all these private corporations eventually essentially uh, force their employees to get it. And we saw the project Veritas video yesterday with the Johnson and Johnson employee who uh, was uh, was on, on undercover video and and he was basically said, well, I don't recommend the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, et cetera. And then they got into a back and forth and they sort and they said, well, uh, the, the basically it was the plan is to get all these big corporations to do it because the employees have a lot to lose and they'll yeah. be the first in line is what yeah. they and it's that that's the plan. So it's pretty diabolical. <laughs> well, and everyone is still is still getting I'm almost impressed. Yeah, everyone is still getting the emergency emergency use authorized 
yeah, uh, no. vaccination. Like, I, oh, I haven't yeah. really been able to track down like when comorbidity is going to be available in the United States. Like, doesn't seem like that's it's a, great a thing. Point. Yeah, it, that's something I latched onto early, and I think like you know, War Room actually did something about it. I think I, I didn't even see the War Room art uh, uh, video that they did with Steve Bannon or whatever. I, I didn't even see that, but they they covered it a little bit before I did. But I, I went in and I was just looking at the documents that they released on the website. They had like, you know, six or seven letters or whatever. So I'm like going through these letters. I'm scrolling through and I'm just kind of like, wait, Biden just said this was fully authorized. Yeah. But I'm going through and I'm reading this and I'm I'm looking for something, uh, you know, just to kind of establish that. And they switched the name to Comirnaty. And I think, like, what is going on here? So I went I went through it. And then I was just basically saying, you know, there's something really wrong with these documents. Like they don't, they don't, they don't seem to signal that this is an actually fully authorized uh, vaccine. And um, more information came out. And then there was a great point um, by a doctor. Um, no, uh, no, it, I think it was Robert Barnes. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was Robert Barnes made this great point. Said like, if it is actually fully authorized, then the other. EUA vaccines have to be off the market. Yes. That is the, that is the law. Well, they did the <laughs> interchangeability was... thing and the, yeah. the basis for it was that there's so much of the emergency use. God, I cannot talk today. Emergency use version yeah. that it's going to be interchangeable and they can be used because it's the same formula with, you know, only a legal they're just, difference. They're identical. It's just the licensing and the name, the packaging, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the other weird thing I saw is Unredacted that we, we don't ingredients. do AstraZeneca so much in the U.S., but I saw AstraZeneca and Moderna also change the names of their vaccines yeah. overseas, Canada and Europe, which I thought was odd. And then it comes out like this, like earlier, like or late last week, I was looking and, you know, I've actually been corresponding with a few people, you know, with their legal teams and whatever, trying to figure out, like, if you can actually sue over this. Right. And it turns out that lawyers to, told CNBC and um, that you, you there really seems to be no way you can sue anybody over this. And the government under a statute that was passed a long time ago um, said that basically there's this special court that handles this sort of things. And only like six percent of the vaccine injury complaints actually get reimbursed mm -hmm. yeah. through this government system. Um, and, and so far I've yet to see a single case of anybody getting any, Yeah, because obviously it would be huge news if, if somebody got reimbursed. They'll just tie a vaccine injury to a previously undiagnosed comorbidity. Yeah. You know, that's what the, Oh, well, we didn't know you had this going on in your body. And this is obviously one of the reactions you can have when you, when you get vaccine. So it kind of heightened it. And then, you know, they'll have some, doctors or scientists go in and lie about it and you wind up getting nothing except being handicapped. So yeah. And you can go to the FDA Veris site and, yep. and it's pretty interesting. If you go through and you go into the database and you just scroll through and there's tens of thousands of cases of some, some of the, you know, sort of things like nausea or whatever, but then you get down and then there's like myocarditis, mm -hmm. pericarditis, which, you know, it's like 1500 and a thousand relatively speaking. Uh, and, and so you, there are serious adverse effects with this vaccine, which shows once again that the entire U.S. population is not uh, uniformly at risk from COVID, especially the Delta variant. Um, and so I saw one case like in, in 
um, in Great Britain, for example, a while back, it was reported in Wall Street Journal that 99.995% of kids who were documented as infected with COVID, they were, they were, I mean, it's just not hypothetical. They were documented to have it, survived it. Yep. And of course, who knows what the 0.005% was? It could have been kids who were just very at risk or who, you know, that, that would be my suspicion, but nonetheless, and the other and the other statistics bear that out. It's usually the case, almost always. Um, but if that's true, then you can go in and look at the myocarditis and pericarditis. And if you scale that out to how many kids you want to get, you know, 12, 12 to 18 vaccinated with it, you're probably going to see much more myocarditis and pericarditis threat to these kids' health yep. than you would from, especially the Delta variant, which yep. isn't even deadly. So it's like, what is our what are our medical professionals doing? What are our school district administrators doing? Do they have a brain in their heads is like something that I wonder. Well, like, they're they selling snake oil. Look at this stuff. It's, it's out there. They don't need to read it from a right wing website yeah. or an independent website. They don't need to get it from me. All they need to do is use the education that they supposedly got when they were in a university. You know, some, some of them have PhDs or MAs. They can't go directly to the CDC website and look at the age demo breakdown of COVID threat. They can't go to the FDA VAERS website and just look at the incidents reported of, of adverse effects and, do, and get out their calculator and do a simple calculation. It makes me wonder what our universities are doing, frankly. I mean, I, I it always sort of baffles me because, you know, I went to university, I went to grad school for, you know, several years. And I just always looked up to these people as being the best and brightest. Um, but you look at like Harvard Business School, right? <laughs> Did you guys see that story? Yeah. They're shutting it down um, a 96% vaccination rate. And they're shutting it down because of breakthrough cases. Weird. Does anybody have any questions there? They're no, the best they, and brightest. <laughs> they do the same thing. And we've talked about it on the show with like my kid's school district. I have kids that go to, you know, uh, they're both in elementary school and they, they send fear porn home on a weekly basis. They'll, they'll just put out an email every week that said there was like certain amount of cases. There was a certain amount of possible contact with people who may or may not have been COVID. There were this many classrooms shut down over the course of the week. And then after a couple of weeks of reading it, I was like, do you want to know what, how many fucking kids are in my kid's district? So I go and look at it online and they would say like, 14 kids were sent home with, with possible COVID this week. And then I look at the numbers at 31,000 kids, yeah. 68,000 people when you include all the teachers and school staff. Yeah. And they're like sending out this email that doesn't have that. It doesn't say 14 out of 68,000. It just says like 14 in big, bold red letters at the top of the email. And parents are like, oh, my God. Oh, my know. God. 14 people in my class? Yeah, that's what it comes down yeah. to. And and then, it, you know, they're able to keep pushing this narrative and prolonging it for even longer when it's not really a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you go on literally on Pfizer.com, the fucking website for the place. Yeah. If you read the Pfizer disclosure notice and, and you go down through the entire thing, like, it starts with this caveat that says the information contained in this release as of August 23rd, 2021, Pfizer assumes no obligation to update forward-looking statements contained in this release as a result of new information or future events or developments. So basically their disclosure can just be standalone at this point. They don't have to fucking update it for anything. Mm -hmm. And just the, just the scary shit, like, I'm not even going to read it for you, but like, go to Pfizer.com and read the disclosure agreement all the way through. It's not that long. It's, it it's scary. It doesn't even matter what those vaccine companies are saying anymore because you've had people at, you know, vaccine companies step down recently because they don't like 
the way that this stuff's being put out anymore. And they realize the narrative's probably coming to an end and mm-hmm. going to eventually wind up in court. And when you start getting into the... Yeah, you, you don't know, want to be the person who, you know, musical chairs or hot potato. You don't want to be the one that touched it last. I mean, even last week you had that 16 to 2 board uh, from the FDA that recommended, you know, no booster shots and, and no shots developed for kids under 12. And then the head of the CDC... 16 to 2. 16 to 2. She said, I, I really no. like your feedback, however... So she, she, she was com- she was one of two, or she was just like no. She was a different organization. Said I'm not going to listen to that recommendation. Yeah, I'm going to take it to the White yeah. House that we're going to push not only boosters, which basements got yesterday, but we're going to push for the under 12s now as well because of science. Definitely science. Yeah. Right, and then Biden after that happened uh, basically said that you know everything is going as planned. You know, so it's like basically they have this playbook he forgot to do the evil laugh at the end of that it's going as and they're trying to get the fda scientists to play along with this and provide them political cover with their science and they're just Uh, and some of them won't (laughs) like some of them resigned and 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 then so they get their feedback and they go you know what happened to scientific consensus fellas the scientific consensus on your own panel is that no you shouldn't recommend this and then the White House was like, well, if there isn't a consensus, well, we're just going to rubber stamp it anyway. Um, these people are clowns. Yeah, yes, they <laughs> sure are. The <laughs> All right, let's uh, I think we're warmed up. Oh, yeah. Let's jump into the news. Uh, Kyle, before we get started, we're going to take a quick poll uh, with you regarding the uh, 2020 presidential election. Out of these three options, which do you most identify with? Was it rigged right. and stolen? The crime of the century? Or a case of unreturned diamonds. Mm. I'll go the crime of the century. Nice. I think I, I like that headline. Yeah, that's it's not a bad one. And, and we get different answers from everybody. It kind of suits you to where your taste is at. Um, we had the yeah. Maricopa audit results reveal party last Friday. Um, wasn't as much as a dud as a lot of the mainstream media made, turned, you know, went and jumped on that narrative the night before saying, oh, we've got leaked copies of it and shows Joe Biden. Where did those votes. come from? Who knows or cares? I mean, they were going to they were going to lie about it anyways. And they were going to say all the information was probably provided by Mike Lindell if they couldn't get that narrative. <laughs> they across. found it. They actually found it under his pillow. Right. Exactly. It was on the my pillow tag. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I'm sure you you looked into it extensively because this is, a, this is definitely something that uh, concerns all of us as as patriotic American here. What do you feel taking away that they did have some pretty good experts, Dr. Cotton, obviously Shiva and stuff like that, you know, kind of break it down for everybody and, and lay out some really interesting uh you know narrative that they were trying to get across um right before i ask for your opinion just so our listening audience knows it's also been confirmed uh that the maricopa county board of supervisors chief counsel let probably the nicest version of the audit be released to the public um there was anywhere between four and six versions which had numbers that ranged you know i don't want to make quotes on 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 the mm-hmm. show anywhere from what was released on last friday all the way up into the 200 plus thousand range that was uh previously teased um we know why it's because the more you make accusations of stuff the easily easier it is to sue you a la Rudy and Sidney Powell after the 2020 election we talk about it all the time they always had the correct narrative they just use such ridiculously inflated numbers without any actual evidence of that at the time that Mm -hmm. judges were basically like, 
well, you're saying the state has 5 million people and you're saying 4.8 million of them cheated. I can't really disenfranchise all of those people. So I can't give this standing in court, go back and, and try better. Uh, Maricopa mm-hmm. did try better. They did do a great audit. Um, what do you feel before we get into the, some of the audio from this, just how that kind of was released and uh, you know, where you see it kind of going from here? Well, I think that, you know, the Arizona audit by cyber ninjas um, essentially you know, it, it had the backing of the Arizona Senate, but but despite that, the media mm-hmm. made it look like it was just some fly-by-night partisan operation. So regardless of whatever was released by them, a certain subject, I call them the loony 20%, but a certain subject, but they're not going to buy anything that says that anything except Joe Biden's election was yeah. chef's kiss, 100% pristine, no problems whatsoever. But But we can just <laughs> ignore those those people. Yeah. Um, and when they release it out, they, they had some disturbing results where 57,734 of the mail-in ballots had questions such as, you know, um, you know, like around 6,000 people were out of Maricopa County, but voted anyways. Um, you know, there was, there were other, uh, like something like 30,000, um, where the addresses didn't match. Um, so, so you have all of these mail-in ballot questions um, that ca- that came out of it. But for me, it's it should not be the 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 big takeaway for me. The big takeaway is the sort of obstruction and the lack of transparency and the foot dragging by Maricopa County to do what the Arizona Senate tells them to do. Yeah, and for me, that is the most disturbing thing about the entire process and the same thing with Fulton County and Georgia, all of this is we have these private voting machine companies who are the sort of key masters, you know, (laughs) I don't know, literally the gatekeepers, right. And they will not give the keys to the, the tabulators to the Senate, which is elected by the people. To run their, you know, to oversee their elections, uh, in part, along with the Secretary of State. Um, and they just refuse to be accountable for it. They won't give the master password uh, to the auditors. Um, they wiped the directories a day before the audit. Yep. You know, so for me, you don't do you don't destroy evidence in a legally authorized audit like before it. Uh, unless, you know, and, and if you look at prosecutors, they assume that this is obstruction of justice they, in, in a lot of in similar cases, like, you know, when they bleep, you know, when you have a certain political figure bleach bit their blackberries and yeah. all, their, all their other stuff, it's considered to be like sort of um, smoking gun evidence of obstruction of justice yeah. and, and destruction of ed- evidence, which is what they did. Are any of these people going to be held accountable for destruction of evidence in 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 our our elections? You know, I mean, I'm not an Arizona resident, but I mean, it affected the presidential election. Yes. Um, so that's for me, that's the most shocking thing. And I think like we sort of miss a lot of people are sort of, uh, you know, on the right are like really involved in the forest of it. I'm trying to start in, in the trees of it. I'm trying to see the forest. Yeah. For me, the forest is the private companies have no business in our elections. If you want to do, if they did like open source software and they could figure out how to do that and still run a clean election, um, 
okay, let's, you know, let's get the experts and let's talk about it and see if there's something that's secure where it's open source, where you have auditors who can track everything and the public can track everything. You know, it's kind of like a, a panopticon of an election where everybody can look at it and see that it's legitimate. So it's, it's got to be one way or the other. Either we do all mail-in paper ballots where we just, that's it. There's no electronics involved. Um, except just to maybe enter it into a, you know, the database. Well, not even mail in, just like show up in person. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. Well, I, I obviously the only exceptions for mail in ballots would be military or disabled or something like this. Those exemptions, that that would Mm -hmm. be it. Um, But you either go all paper and count it and do it that way, or you do it. What I would just like panopticon, if you know what I mean, like the thing where everybody can see it and it's open source. It's one or the other. You don't have private for-profit companies who are sort of the linchpins in this election system and can say whether they just disclose their voter information to us or not. And if it is digital, if it is digital, you should be able to go and look and be like, all right, I'm going to look my name up. Here's my social security number or whatever. And it's going to show well, me who I voted for. Ballot, yeah. 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 We still have to do secret ballot. But yeah. I mean, if we can figure that out and there should be a way to do that um, through like unique ID keys yeah. or something, we can figure something out. Well, it's like the little um, uh, receipt that you have on your on your mail-in ballot. Like it has a little uh, barcode RFID thing or not RFID. Uh, yeah. Barcode. QR. But I should be able to use the QR code or the numbers on the QR code with my name, with my social or some sort of. You know, QR codes can can be, you know, there's people who have raised election security experts have raised questions about your QR codes yeah. because you can't read them on their surface. Mm-hmm. You need a digital machine to read the, the code. So I would just say like a unique key identifier for each election or something. Yeah, like just maybe. some way that you could verify what your vote actually was. That way you can be like, yeah, I voted, right. but I don't think my vote counted because it almost sounds Precisely. like a voter ID. And so you should be able to, exist. among among a group of friends let's or, or a group of colleagues or whatever, if you say there's 20 of you and say like, oh, um, you know, we have questions about this election. We're just going to go verify it. So you go to your you go to your public library or you go to wherever your meeting place is and you go like, OK, here's my code. I'm going to do that. OK, green light. It's fine. And everybody goes through and everybody gets green lights. And it's just like, OK, well, it looks like our votes counted. Yeah. Um, you know, and then if somebody goes in and they get a red light, well, then they can just go to court. <laughs> you know? Yeah, They could just sue over it. But or or the ground opens up below them and they get sucked into it. All, all of this makes too much sense to me and it just makes everything you know that much more surreal well it's obviously um, racist i mean that's really what, the the day, that's what it comes down to the, the roots of racism yeah. right there pun intended yeah asking questions is racist yes how dare we i've been like, reminded of that many times but. if you verify your vote an actual border patrol agent will whip a migrant yeah there you go so and an angel gets its wings yeah. uh Right after they Bannon and the and the war room guys started talking about, you know, basically what the outcome was, what some of the next steps might be. Let's listen to some of that audio from uh, over the weekend. Arizona for Joe Biden. This is the moment we have been waiting for. This is the moment that you, the MAGA patriots, the MAGA posse, the movement under the leadership of President Trump, this is what we've been waiting for. There's one word to describe what came down today and that word is receipts and we have said this was coming some of you gotten frustrated with me so got a little impatient but we told you day in day out day in day out shoulder to the wheel good days and bad days but we're going to get there well guess what 
We are now there. Not only are there over 50,000 illegal ballots coming out of this audit, and by the way, you're also going to find out that a previous version of this report, before it was watered down, before it was worldwide exclusive for War Room right now, before this report was watered down at the behest, hey, I'm going to say it, of some folks with the Arizona State Senate at the behest. Not, not senators. I'm going to say, from, from everything I understand. Legal counsel. The legal counsel, okay. as lawyers tend to do way too much, right. came in and messed with the process. What was the stronger, the stronger version was what? The stronger version said specifically that the Arizona election in 2020 should have never been certified. Let me hear that quote again. Let me pull it up. Okay. Why don't I pull it up and, and give it to you? And you're reading it off of... I'm gonna, the, I'm I gonna, want everybody I, to understand this. There's another version of this out that was not the version that was presented today that's even tougher. Here's from a yep. version from Cyber Ninjas mm -hmm. that was watered down. Quote, unquote, in bold. The election should not be certified and the reported results are not reliable. One more time. We're I don't think we need to hear it another time. And we all kind of understand that. That was the number one point of the key findings that did come out in the, in the report because at the end of the day, no clear victor could be rationally declared the winner because the chain of custody was broken so many times and, and all of the anomalies that they were able to prove, whether mm -hmm. it be uh, duplicate absentee ballots, people who moved out of state and still voted, people who voted more than once, or people who voted in counties that they weren't registered to vote in day of. Wait, you, um, you say there, there's not going to be a... A clear winner can be, but they called it even before the votes were counted. They sure did while there was a lot of people waiting in line. Oof. Pretty yeah. awful. Um, I am well aware of that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's kind of where, uh, you know, the narrative started. And mm -hmm. uh, we kind of are moving through right now. There, there's, there's a lot of different things that we need to consider um, when we look into it. I know uh, a lot of the gaslighting narrative is decertify arrest everybody that was you know they say they have images and screenshots of people who were logged in of they know who they are you know wendy rogers has teased uh inmate numbers on her twitter account nice in addition to tweeting kofefi this morning <laughs> you, you know it's just one of those things where uh i miss the talk of military tribunals that was fun let's <laughs> let's look at the actual black and whites though yeah in in the history of the united states that's racist sorry four times three times in the 1800s once, if you put an asterisk next to it and count Bush v. Gore, oh. that anything that has to do with anything regarding decertification has ever even been proposed and really looked at, mm -hmm. okay, at a state level. Um, so, so that's kind of the numbers we're looking at here. In modern times, once, maybe. Uh, when you look at it on a, on a, on a big picture scale, it, it sounds extremely enticing. It looks like it's the common sense thing to go. Um you know, but but at the end of the day, it's going to be something that's not like a slam dunk in court. You just present all of this evidence and a judge says, wow, this looks like it was really done thoroughly and audited several times. The auditors audited themselves and then they were audited again by the county. Um, the state legislator looked at it and was satisfied with the report that was released. I still don't know if I could decertify. It's one of those things. That's where it's going to be at. Yeah. So when you get into the legal sense of it all, it's it's not as easy as a. Apple pie when it comes to just saying, you know, if the glove fits, we must decertify. <laughs> so we get, we can get Al Gore talking about himself in the third person <sighs> while he's inventing email and yeah, the internet inconvenient. It was pretty weird that Dr. Shiva was one of the people who also invented, weird, right. Invented email that it's all 
different players and different roles and different eras. So, well, what does CNN say? That's really what matters. Oh, well, we're, we're all essentially Hitler right now. Oh, yeah. So I'm Hitler, you're Hitler. Kyle, unfortunately, you're Hitler as well. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Um, Wendy Rogers weighed in shortly after the results were released as well. She seemed satisfied but knew there was a lot of work to do. Let's kind of hear what she had to say on it uh, then. Excited. There was so much information. Uh, there was a lot of worry last night, uh, during the night, among a lot of us. But today, I think we really have been vindicated. There have been so many anomalies brought out that it shows that uh, this election absolutely must be decertified. And what's your reaction to the media saying that this proves Biden won? Mm. That is completely ludicrous. Uh, that's just one data point where we acknowledge that we recount the votes and the votes are what the original numbers were. But that doesn't speak to how faulty and fraudulent the processes were and how in doubt tens of thousands of ballots are. Exactly. And what about the the idea that the county was pushing that the machines were never connected to the Internet? They were never connected to the Internet. And we find out that they were. How, how do you reconcile that? Well, they were connectable to the Internet, yes, and we found that they were. And what's really troubling and what made the whole gallery react with emotion is the fact that we now have videotape of these fraudulent actors in action. And I can't wait for Attorney General Brnovich to render his findings. But in a parallel mode, we as state legislators must call to decertify. And so what happens next? How do you decertify? Well, we get everyone on board. We get them to understand that what we submitted in January was absolutely inaccurate. Okay, that was Christina Bob of 1AM, friend of the show former guest interviewing Wendy shortly after the results came out. You could hear in her answer. She doesn't know. Nobody knows basically had a, you'd have to look at some vague references from, I believe Jane Madison in the Federalist papers in regards to decertification. And uh, you know, that's talking about things that happened back in the 1800s and pseudoly in 2000 with Bush v. Gore. So uh, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, she mentioned um, Attorney General Brnovich, who's running for a senator seat. He knows, um, regardless on whether or not that you say Joe Biden won that state, he, he has to know at the end of the day he didn't. He has to know at the end of the day the momentum in regards to that narrative is dead in the state of Arizona because they've been doing this audit there for so long, and he knows that he's never going to be a senator unless he really – figures out a way to kind of please everybody that lives there. What do you think? Uh, I mean, he's got a lot of stuff on his plate and he's running with a very short amount of time before he has to make some moves on some of this stuff, both criminally for the people who were involved that Wendy, Wendy Rogers mentioned in the beginning of that. And then towards the end when she said that, you know, all this stuff has been referred to him in regards to taking a look at it in, in reference to decertification as well. Well, for me, the most important thing is the criminal aspect of it. I mean, you can decertify it, but it's not going to change the electoral college vote. I mean, right. you could do it and sort of put a thumb in the eye to sort of Biden voters or whoever and say like, well, Biden shouldn't have won Arizona. That's basically all it would relate to at this point, because you cannot certify at the electoral college and then say, oh, no, we were just kidding. I mean, that that ship has sailed. <laughs> I mean, kidding. that's just the reality of it. But for me, the criminal referrals, you, if you go in and you destroyed evidence um, and you wipe these directories ahead of an audit, um, you know, and you didn't comply with a subpoena, 
um, if you if you didn't do any of those things, those people should be hit very hard yes. to send a message to everybody else around the country that you're not allowed to cheat in our elections. You're not allowed to hide evidence in our elections. We haven't seen any of that. Fulton County. I mean, what is Governor Kemp and, 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 and Raff, Secretary of State Raffensperger doing? Uh, the complaining about Fulton County workers who didn't see, you know, seem to have some sort of suspect activity. No, that's not good enough. Raffensperger. Those people need to be held accountable, obviously, to send a message to everybody in our election system that it's not okay um, to tamper with our with our uh, with our electoral process. You know, and you wind up with illegitimate people elected, like you know Joe Biden. It it, it appears so. Um, you know, if you in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, um, all of these states have so many obvious flaws in the 2020 election that it, it, it does bring up the question whether we have a legitimate president at this point. Uh, and I think that's a fair minded assessment of it. Um, I, I think if you just look at the the evidence, you know, uh, you know, all, all of the bellwether counties that just miraculously didn't go for by or didn't go for Trump. Um, you know, I, I just don't see I just don't see how people can look at the 2020 election and be okay with what happened. So if Arizona needs to take action to send a message to the rest of the country that um, if, if you're, if you break the law, then then you're going to be held accountable for it. Yeah, I definitely think you make some good points there. And you pointed out some of the, the, the hot other areas of the country right now, you mentioned Fulton, Georgia, you got judge Amaro uh, frustratingly having to prolong that Garland Favorito uh audit case into 2022 based off the fact that, you know, the DNC basically sent criminal lawyers down there who know how to drag feet and prolong these things. And they're kind of playing a game of chicken with the uh, voter GA and, and Garland Favorito's organization, that grassroots, you know, thing he's got going on down there, hoping that they'll either get sick and tired of this, just sitting in court and going nowhere or, or they'll, they'll run out of money, which is also another huge thing because people don't realize how much these things cost just to get to the start of an audit and then the audits millions and millions of dollars as well um you know you also have in, in pennsylvania they're they they're taking kind of the blueprint from georgia which was something we didn't see in arizona originally because it kind of just spiraled so fast next thing you know they're like filling up a stadium and doing an audit uh but you know you have shapiro who wants to run for governor uh, coming back and and filing lawsuits against the subpoenas that uh john corman put issued a couple weeks ago and all that's going to do is make a judge hear it, have to look at it. Then he's going to have yep. to hear from both sides of the aisle. And, and next thing you know, that, that Pennsylvania audit as well is pushed into 2022 as well. So, uh, yeah, and I saw it, but at least I saw the Doug Mastriano looked at the Arizona results and, and, and sort of, uh, held that up as a, you know, an example of just, you know, here's just another case of where we had an audit and, uh, you cannot be confident of the election results. And we that's that should be the, the gold standard where we feel confident about the election results. The person who should have won won. And if you have all of these loopholes and sort of, um, you know, vague vagaries around the election, that is not that's not a gold standard in a, in a, uh, a constitutional republic. The elections are too close now. The, the, the electorate is too divided for us to have this sort of 
um, you know, fog over our elections because all it's going to happen is just we're going to be arguing with each other about who actually won. You can't accept it and move on. Like we, it's kind of the 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 mandatory thing that has to happen for for peaceful transfers of power. In the past, um, you have to be able to know. Uh, you know, when the votes are counted, that there was one voter, one vote, and that person is a U.S. citizen, uh, an adult, and that person resides in the state where they cast the vote. That's not very, I mean, that is theoretically not very difficult, but it seems like once again, we have an elite in this country that refuses to, uh, you know, to really hold up their constitutional duties and their obligations to us, the voters, and you see that pretty much in every single major issue in America right now, whether yeah. it's border security, whether it's mandatory vaccines, uh, you know, where they trample our rights um, on every issue. The, Amer- the American people who, you know, just want to just want to live in a country with, you know, sort of a security and stability and prosperity are, are thwarted by the elites on, on pretty much every policy issue you can imagine. And election security is just another example. You know, at, at least we have a few governors who seem to take it seriously, you know, in Texas and in Florida, for the most part. I mean, nobody's perfect, uh, right. you know, in terms of Texas. But for the most part, they seem to be taking it pretty seriously, um, you know, mostly southern states. And I think that, you know, in, in the long run, you know, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in New York. You're in California. Um, you can't be feeling very good about the way the politics is going in no, California right now. I'm very unhappy. We have a, a you know, we have a governor now who's crazier than corrupt Cuomo. Oh, we'll get you know, into her in a little bit. Yeah. She's horrible. She was appealing to God to get people vaccinated. I thought there was church separation of church and state over there on the left that they're so obsessed with. Uh, you know, so I, I don't feel comfortable living in New York anymore. <laughs> Um, at one point, it was like, okay, I, I, I pay high taxes. That's sort of the penalty for living in New York. Yep. Now the penalty is they're trying to take away my rights and the rights of my kids. Now the penalty like, is that's death. That's kind of like a major escalation. Uh, and, and I think in California, you probably have some similar vibes coming out of the, the Democratic Party elite over there. Oh, to say the least. I mean, super majority. Uh-huh. And then with the... A governor like Gavin Newsom, it, it's the worst of the worst, to say the least. He's so greasy. Yeah. Well, one thing I recommend to all of these red state governors, um, you know, I saw an interesting story where you saw the Texas abortion law, right? And I saw it reported that Democrats are fleeing the state over the abortion law. Victory. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if you're in a red state and you have everybody who are fleeing blue states coming to, to to you, and maybe some of them are bringing their stupid politics with them. Just pass some sort of laws that are conservative that Democrats really, really won't like for aesthetic reasons or they just disagree with it. I'm not saying like don't infringe on anybody's rights, but pass laws that are conservative that make them not want to live there. Yeah, Um, that's what I recommend, because blue states are essentially doing the same thing. They're passing laws that only the sheeple, the, the brainless sort of progressive masses are think is punky dory um they have no problem doing that yeah so i think like if they're gonna if the blue states have started to balkanize the country that they're the ones who started it they want to balkanize the united states then i think if you're a red state you balkanize it right back and you just go that's it 
we're going to pass the conservative laws that most of our people agree with. And if Democrats don't like it tough, yeah. you can just go move to a blue state where you can live under your, your socialist basket case regime. And we're going to have a normal state where we respect people's rights. We don't overtax them. We let them have a school system that isn't about brainwashing, but about making kids be responsible citizens who can think for themselves. Um, you implement that agenda and maybe the blue states sort of separate the blue state voters separate themselves out. Like, that's my opinion. I mean, because it's, you know, you, it, that, that's the direction the U S is heading yes. right now. And, um, I think that you can point the finger at the democratic party a lot and the, and the weak Republicans who, who stand on the sidelines and watch the train wreck on a daily basis and <laughs> twiddle their thumbs. Um, yeah. So I think that's where we're heading, but I think at the end of the day, you have you have to protect citizens' rights, and if and you have to elect people in your state that will do that. Yeah, that's so, a good point. And I think California, New York, <clears throat> it's gone. Bye bye. Wave. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's there. It's it's gone. I wonder. If, I wonder back. if it's going to be like how we're like we could go for some cheap gas and mean tweets. I wonder if people in New York are finally <laughs> going to be like, man, I could really go for some like sausage comments and sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the way it is. Um, you know who's always good for a comment? Donald Trump weighed in mm. on the Arizona recall audit results and uh, kind of had some interesting points to make on it. Let's hear what he had to say. Things, but you're right. I had some people. Uh, I wasn't in Washington. I wasn't a Washington insider, which is one of the reasons I got elected. You know, we know the greatest people, and we will make very few mistakes. I can promise you that. And do we think this might be like a 2021 thing, a 2022 thing, a 2024? When do we get President Trump back? Well, we're going to see. Uh, there's been tremendous voter fraud, and it's being revealed on a daily basis. And we'll see what happens. But uh, we're looking at both back we're looking back because you have to find out what happened and i think we're finding out rapidly look at other states they're really going into it they're also making their rules and regulations much tougher and much better with signature verification and so many other things voter id uh, i think you're going to be uh, incredibly impressed by what's happening and i think maybe by the next election and in terms of the arizona audits is it time to decertify well, they're going to probably, I think they should decertify. The uh, The results are open. They wrote many different levels, thousands and thousands of pe people on each. And they found, I'll tell you, the, the senators, the Republican senators have been incredible in Arizona, what they've done. And they've been brave. And they wrote something that's great, but unfortunately the press doesn't want to cover that. But it was a very, very corrupt election, as it was in many other states. And uh, we revealed it to the United States and people always thought elections were automatic, but they're not automatic. You have to be very careful and uh, it's a shame what happened. But as you said, good comes out of it because the rules and regulations are being made a lot tougher. So there you go with that. I mean, I think as we kind of we've already talked about it, Kyle mentioned it. I, I read some of the historical bullet points on it. You hear it on Steve Bannon's war room more consistently now uh, and places that are really trying to get uh, and that cover this narrative almost on a daily basis out there to the people in kind of a conditioning manner. Although we have received some results in Arizona, it's going to be a legal process still before we find out if there's going to be any kind of decertification there. And at the end of the day, Arizona in the totality of things means nothing. Uh, you wouldn't even have a Supreme Court presentable case unless you were able to get three states to decertify. 
Because then you're talking about the electoral vote totals, and then there's a whole legality on whether or not you could say, like, well, on, on January 6th we voted for this, but now we don't want to anymore because there was big cheat. Uh, that, that it's not as black and white or as cut as dry, cut and dry as as you might think. So definitely keeps everybody motivated. Definitely keeps everybody in the know of what's going on and how. But you also have to know like the facts, both the historical and the legal ones that go along with it, to be responsible when reporting it. So you know it, it's one of those things where you kind of have to just uh, use a little bit of discernment and, and kind of understand the whole situation that's going on. Um, everybody's favorite presidential debate moderator. Mm. Chris Wallace hate him. had on some guests this weekend. Both aren't the best ones. One's the worst one. Uh, Greg Abbott, who kind of always shows up at the last minute to, you know, carry the narrative of Donald Trump after it's already too late. Um, he's not a bad governor. He's just not a great one. There's He's got a really good attorney general there. Um, he's got a good secretary of state in Texas, too. And it just seems like once... An issue in Texas becomes national, he'll wheel in at the last moment to kind of, mm. you know, to kind of put himself at the forefront of that and, and make it so that it seems like he's doing the most when he's just kind of there doing it when it needs to be done. Um, mm. You know, and that's why we've had some some issues in, in Texas recently and, uh, you know, at the border and, and with the, the voter laws and all that other crap. I mean, Big win with the abortion thing. They did get the voter integrity thing passed as well. It's another big win, but it was also at like the 11th hour. Um, You've had uh, news. We read it, you know, last week where Donald Trump basically told Greg Abbott via a statement from the desk of Donald Trump, audit Texas. Uh, Within 14 hours, the Texas State Senate voted to audit several of the blue counties there. I believe it's four. Where they feel two, like they two have two red and two blue, two yeah. red and yeah, right, two red and two yeah, blue. Biggest one step. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a big step to kind of see, you know, comparatively and across the country. We know there's already some stuff going on in Missouri, some stuff going on in Oklahoma that aren't as big nationwide news. Uh, th- there's apparently a secret audit going on in Georgia, maybe even in Pennsylvania as well, and we don't know to the extent or who's doing them, um, or are they just like you know after election recounts where they count the same bad ballots over and over again. But Texas is going to do. One of those, and and Greg Abbott was on with the best presidential debate moderator Mm. over the weekend to talk about it. He didn't really like the answer, though, which is good because, you know, Abbott went on there and beat him up on the border and then thought he was going to sneak him in there with saying, like, when Donald Trump says to do something, you do it. How do you respond? Well, this is how he said he responds. This week, former President Trump sent you an open letter. Uh, asking for an audit of the 2020 presidential election in the state of Texas, which we should note he won by about 600,000 votes. Within hours, the Secretary of State of Texas, uh, an office that you appoint, agreed and has ordered audits in four of Texas's biggest counties. A couple of questions. One, isn't it just a terrible waste of taxpayer money mm. to have an audit? And see a state there? that mm. everybody says was, went fine and that uh, President Trump won by 600,000 votes. And aren't you contributing to this undermining confidence in our election process? 
I got to make several points about this. One, the, the context here, and that is there are audits of every aspect of government. We have a state auditor. There's a federal auditor uh, for the way that government operations work. Uh, uh, businesses that are public companies are subject to an annual audit. Why do we audit everything in this world, but people raise their hands in concern when we audit elections, which is fundamental to our democracy? Second point, uh, and that is that uh, th these audits uh, that the state of Texas uh, is doing, they actually began months ago because the Secretary of State of Texas has an obligation uh, to make sure that we do conduct audits in the state of Texas and they have to be done in okay. a way before any evidence of about it would be eliminated, which will be next September. And so those audits were already underway. The last point is this, and that is Donald Trump won the state of Texas. We know regardless of the outcome of these audits, Donald Trump will still have won the state of Texas. However, we do have every single year, including in the 2020 elections, allegations of illegal voting in places I, in the I, state I, of Texas. Okay. We have a responsibility to ensure out, I would the integrity out, and confidence on in the Thursday, elections in the state he of Texas. Ordered, he asked for the audit, <laughs> and suddenly answer. there were new audits announced by the, uh, in four counties by the Secretary of State's office within hours of that on Thursday. Governor Abbott, thank you. He hangs up on him. Yeah, he was doing the, Mr. President, Mr. President. <laughs> uh, I would have just been like, listen, Mr. Wallace, two words, big fraud, big <laughs> fraud. So, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's hilarious to see these guys get triggered because they know exactly what he's going to say, but he's going to see if he's going to take the PC answer like Greg Abbott sometimes does, except at that point he wasn't having any of that shit. The election was rigged and stolen. It was a disgraceful election. It sure was. <laughs> um, you know, and well, does Chris Wallace know what's going on in Texas? I mean, Paxton didn't even push back on some of his strongest points that no, he could he, have referred he, he to. No, he didn't. He, and he, one he, of the things that he could have point out, pointed out is that Texas is one of the few states in the country that has actually held criminal fraudsters accountable. Ken Paxton has brought suits against uh, numerous officials who committed fraud, uh, was nailed dead to rights. Um, you know, we're talking dozens of cases. And uh, so, like, he can he say it's not hypothetical that fraud was committed in the Texas election. We just want to know how much fraud was, right. was committed. Okay, Chris? And if that's okay with you, I'm running the state of Texas, and I think it's perfectly appropriate that our voters know that our elections are being uh, held in, in full uh, comport with the law yeah. here. So thank you, Chris, if, if you'll allow me to do my job, mm. is what, what he should have said. I mean, it, the arrogance and smugness of, uh, of Wallace just never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, 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 seems to, he seems to sort of have this mantle of – of you know of intellectual superiority but he's actually just very mendacious and uh sort of cherry picking sort of um in a lot interlocutor when yeah. it comes to his interviews from my point of view my favorite is when donald trump says he he'll never be his father that <laughs> <laughs> always has to really hit it right where it counts um it kind of set him up to put in a grouchy mood for his next guest someone who's done an amazing job as the head of the department of homeland security since january head of DHS, Alejandro Mayorkas, mm. was on to answer some questions about horse reins, COVID testing. This Dr. Evil-looking dude. Yeah, and, oh. and, and accomplishments of the Biden administration in regard to overall homeland security since January. Let's hear, Chris Wallace was grouchy at this point, and you can kind of hear it in his voice when he gets into it about why are we letting all these people in and how many of them were there exactly. Why did you allow them in the country in the first place? Why didn't you build 
forgive me, a wall mm. or a fence to stop them from walking in this flood of people coming across the dam. This it looks is Chris like Wallace? a highway that allows them to cross the Rio Grande. It is this pol the policy of this administration. Yeah. Uh, we do not agree with the building of the wall. Mm. The law provides that individuals can make a claim for humanitarian relief. That is actually one of our proudest traditions. Oh, oh. shut your mouth. I mean, that's just terrible. Like he's saying one of his proudest uh, administration's accomplishments right now is letting in unmitted, untested, unvetted, unscreened migration into this country. How about new? For people who are <laughs> doing Yeah, and building in, in, you know, humongous shanty towns underneath bridges with, you know, complete, uh, you know, infectious waste everywhere. Uh, none of them vetted for COVID uh, or other diseases, by the way, uh, measles, mumps, rubella, anything. You Tuberculosis. What's that? Tuberculosis. Oh, TB. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if and, you can't and, go to a third world country, bring the third world country to you. So, so this administration that, that pretends to be obsessed about health apparently doesn't have any concerns about the, the threat posed to the health of Americans by, you know, illegal migrants coming into this country. Um, so I think it's sort of, uh, you know, I'm calling bullshit. Uh, I think that they're completely insincere. Uh, and, and I just, I don't see how they continue to sort of, you know, disregard these optics of, uh, of yeah, just tens right. of thousands of, of illegal migrants coming here with who God knows who, what, <laughs> well, it's Jesus, awkward. So. It's awkward when health becomes racist. Yeah, yeah, which, I know. Most certainly is. Um, he would go on to talk about some of that screening process with Mayorkas as the interview would continue. Mayorkas. That weren't deported back or didn't return on their own to Mexico. How many of them either? Ha well, first, how many have been released into the U.S.? All uh, of them. They're released on conditions, yeah. and, and uh, approximately, I think it's about ten thousand or so, twelve thousand yeah. have yeah. been released. Yes. And of the five thousand that are still in process, we will uh, make determinations whether they will be uh, returned uh, to uh, Haiti uh, based on our public health and public interest. Uh, authorities. So are we talking about a total of 12,000 or could it be even higher? It could uh, it could be even higher. And there you have it. To uh, answer my so apparently he went to the Dr. Fauci school of answering questions because all of his questions start out with uh, uh, well and then he can't say more than two or three words before going uh, um, uh, uh. you know it's one of those things where it's just like when you know they're lying and, and it's not a, probably a scripted question that they agreed on before he came on the show. They're just going to have an absolute Well, they're meltdown. choosing their words carefully because they're like, man, if I fuck this up, I am in Well, what's going to happen? He's gonna or go if they lie, lie the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> they, all lie, they all lie in front of Congress anyway. And, and every single person from the administration that we've played on this show this year, at, since January at least, has lied before Congress. I'm just uh, not aware of the lies you're speaking well, of. <laughs> a reporter that did a great job with this is Bill Malugin, you know, formerly of KTLA, who mm -hmm. works with Fox News now. And he was down there basically saying they were not testing anyone None. except for those who have like sort of overt COVID symptoms. Yep. Like you had to be like just to have overt COVID symptoms. And I, th I think the whole fiasco about the drones being the, the FAA saying you can't have drones and then you have the helicopters, you know, sort of where the, I think it was uh, where the law enforcement agencies. Yeah. DPS the went and filmed it themselves as soon as yeah. uh, Homeland security cut off the airspace. Nice. I think I find that whole drama sort of fascinating, like the lengths that they will go to to sort of hide the horrible disastrous effects of their policies. I mean, I think it's, 
it's almost impressive. Um, you know, no, this this regime is is very much a banana republic at yeah. this point. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. this, I, you can't be over soon enough. From we're how, we're how only a were, year in. Almost. Yeah. For, from how they were elected to how they conduct themselves on a regular basis. Let's talk some numbers right now. Rasmussen reported yesterday Joe Biden's approval rating, disapproval rating. I'm sorry. Thirty nine percent. Fifty eight percent right now amongst all registered voters. Oh, disapproval. So you got to think 10 to 15, maybe 20 percent, probably lower than that, because I mean, even though Rasmussen kind of is a straight shooter, you know, those numbers are always inflated. The approval rating is under 40 mm. consistently now for over a week. And, and right now we have, for the first time and the fastest ever, the highest number of independents that have bailed. It's extremely high numbers right now in independents that find a strong disapproval with the administration, the policies, the way it's being conducted, and, and pretty much everything top to bottom. He's losing the people who essentially they claim are the ones that got them voted because it was the you know five swing states by 45,000 votes is the only reason he's in the White House, and apparently all those voters have completely abandoned the administration in regards to support. Oops. Um, Faster and higher than ever before. Now you have this, uh, you know, I'm sure Kyle knows, we've talked about it for a couple weeks now on our show, so our listening audience is pretty up to date with it. We have the uh, government running out of money in two days. So as of September 30th, we will no longer have funding to operate the government. Following that, they have until roughly the weekend of October 12th until the government essentially shuts down. How's that continuing resolution looking? Uh, it better not get voted in. You have right now all voters, 36% support the $3.5 trillion spending bill. Mm. And only 40% support raising the debt ceiling, of which Janet Yellen talked about this morning, saying anything other than 4% or in the neighborhood of 4% would be completely ridiculous because we've already printed so much money in the last 19 months. We need to keep printing more. That that was basically her reasoning for saying that the debt ceiling needed to go up in the, in the way it needs to, Um, which, which would continue to in debt. Not only, I think it would go past our grandchildren now and then into their, our grandchildren's children in regards to this debt that they'd be paying back um, in, in the most unresponsible way and, and fast as possible. What, What do you think about, uh, you know, Joe Biden should not get a CR or, or this uh, uh, spending bill passed because they've done nothing except horrible policy since day one. I can't see how anybody on either side of the aisle, including the moderates like Mnuchin, the progressives who can't stand him. And it should be the Republicans in unison basically not give him any kind of win because – if if this if a CR passes, which funds us till December, or they do wind up figuring out a way to get this spending bill passed, all they're going to say is like, regardless of the situation in Afghanistan and at the border and with inflation and all this stuff going on in the midst of a pandemic, Joe Biden was mm-hmm. able to go behind closed doors and bipartisanly figure it out. And, and the number one reason the independents have bailed on him is because the number one reason they lie and say that he was voted in. It, it, it's a dual thing. He's not Donald Trump and he's a unifier. Those two things are the number one reason they say Joe Biden is the president. What do you think about that whole narrative? Well, I, I don't see why everybody doesn't back the the $3.5 trillion spending bill now that they've announced that it's effectively $0. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think it sort of sells itself at this point. But seriously, um, you know, $3.5 trillion is sort of the cherry on top of a spending spree that has gone unreported in the media. And I think it's somewhere around $10 trillion, 10 to $12 trillion since 
the pandemic started, mm-hmm. sort of like a March of last year, they went on a, a gigantic spending spree. We're seeing it at the grocery store. We're seeing it in terms of inflation everywhere, inflationary press, uh, pressures on uh, energy, which is already in shambles thanks to Biden's anti-energy policies. Um, so all of this combined, we don't need more spending. There is still spending there that has been allocated that they haven't even spent yet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, last time I checked, you know, you know, well over a trillion dollars that is that's that's sitting there. Um, you know, and and of course, like we can't get they, they say that we're in a recovery, but we can't be in a recovery unless we get more people working. And if you go anywhere, uh, you know, a lot of these states help wanted everywhere. Yep. Can't get people to work. Horrible slow service. What's that? Horrible slow service everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like some of these places are operating at half capacity. I mean, New York is I, New York City, for example. I don't know if they're ever coming back because right when you think that they could turn the corner, they implement some other dumb policy like vaccine passports. Yep. So all of these economic pressures are coming on. Uh, um, you know, from different directions. And when we're that slow in terms of our economic, like fundamentals, we're not providing services, we're not providing goods at the same level that we're used to, simply, you know, adding, printing more money or selling bonds or, you know, um, you know, have, you know, passing a $3.5 trillion budget that that is not backed by taxes uh, yet. um, It's, it's just going. It's just going to be more pain. Yeah. I mean, let's just put it that way. That's the only thing that could result out of it. And if Republicans want to jump on board the pain train and, and be a party to that, um, they're going to tell their voters we're not really that much different than Democrats. So please primary you know, me. <laughs> you just pri- yeah. Please primary. <laughs> I mean that's exactly. kind of, that's that's kind of where we're at now. We're in such a uh, an age like we've never seen before, where you can literally go out and have these people just like they make one bad. Po- Look at Madison Cawthorn. Oh, Republican party party darling. He lines up with MTG. Like oh, he's so great. This that and the other thing. Boom, votes for red flag laws, and then has to do an IG live in his Jeep in the House of Representatives parking lot, saying like, you know, it's not going to get voted in anyway. So who cares if I vote for it? Like basically, I do. Yeah, so do I, and and so does every other veteran with PTSD who's a responsible gun owner, and or just regular gun owners in, in general. You know, it, it shouldn't have to be <clears throat> any kind of a demographic. It it it's not. Don't be Dan Slippery Crenshaw. Slippery slope Jr. is real. Yep. I mean, they should know better. Yep. Dan Crenshaw should know better. They they all should. And and yet they betray the voters' interest. I mean, how can you look at what's going on in Australia and be behind any gun yeah. restrictions at this exactly. point? You should change. You should make them more uh, available. Yeah. If they're well, not it, it just makes it it makes it able able for them to take the most capable person who has a gun. You know, on probably a large percentage. There's a lot of civilians that have pretty good training and stuff, but somebody in the, the, in the military who doesn't agree with the policies and politics, that's a way for them to be like, well, he's a domestic terrorist. And then boom, you have one less able-bodied person with a weapon that you have to worry about. No, you're right. And we've seen that out of the justice department and DHS that they make absolutely ludicrous statements about just regular, they, they conflate Trump supporters with sort of, domestic potential domestic terrorists and right right wing extremism and you know i mean uh, i i'm trained to do terrorist statistics and 
Uh, you know, I go to the database. I look at it. It's, it's, it bears no resemblance to reality. No. Um, and we saw that recently. Remember, they had the uh, the, the supposed uh, uh, justice for J6 rally, yep. uh, you know, about, you know, a week and a half ago. And, you know, it's crawling with so many FBA agents that undercover that they're arresting each other. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like the Spider-Man just, meme. <laughs> So I don't know what to do with these people who cannot look at the Biden administration and see it for sort of the corrupt third world basket case sort of administration that it is and basically say, you, we don't want any part of your agenda. And we're just we're just going to we have, we're going to say no every time we can. Yeah. Just that, no, no, no. You want a red flag laws? No. <laughs> and and. Republicans just, you know, they never seem to get it as a party, as a whole. There's only there's only probably about 30 or 40 Republicans that seem to be trustworthy, you know, or actual so, Republicans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Let, let's touch on one last thing. You, you, Kyle, you mentioned it when, when you came on earlier about the uh, what was it? The cult of covid and the, and the New York mayor. Tucker ran with that last night. Everybody's favorite <clears throat> on this show paid up and, and definitely one of the. uh greater waker uppers for the boomer audience on Fox news. Um, and, and who's someone who's really been pushing back against these vaccine mandates and, and kind of exposing some of the stuff that's been going on with that whole narrative. Let's hear kind of a brief, you know, rundown of what he thought about the new governor of New York. For service as the leader of the New York diocese of the Corona cult <laughs> around her neck, she wore not a cross. That's yesterday's <laughs> symbol, the syringe, but instead a vaccination necklace. Oh, wow. Yep. That necklace signified to the faithful gathered that Hochul has ascended to the select priesthood of those who have taken full intravenous communion. Listen to Bishop Hochul preach. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated, all of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. Huh? You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Oh. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love, but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. How do you show your love to one another? The old way was to visit people, say, in the hospital as they died. <laughs> That's no longer allowed. The new way to show your love is to get the vax. Mm. God himself wants you to take the vaccine. I need you to be my apostles, Hochul thundered. No one comes to the Father except through the shot. Sinners in the hands of an angry healthcare worker. His writers are pretty spot on lately. I mean, mm. they've given him the, well, the co yeah, the COVID vax. Uh, you know, it's like the holy water of uh, yeah. you know that you have to have injected into your veins to be purified mm. of COVID. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I guess when the science doesn't back up your arguments anymore, you have to turn to religion. And I think that's what uh, sh she's doing now in New York, seeing that we have uh, vaccination, fully vaccinated rates, quote, fully vaccinated. I don't know how you can be fully vaccinated and still need three or in Israel's case, four booster shots, you know, four shots total. Um, but still, you look at the high, vac uh, the high vaccination rate, supposedly you call it vaccinated. It's more like COVID shots. It's more like an experimental therapeutic at this point yep. um, because it doesn't prevent transmission. And in fact, 
we're looking at a lot of counties around the United States, Mar- Marin County, for example, in yes. California, or you look at, you, you know, you look in, in New York City, um, you know, uh, Westchester County and, and all of these places where you have high vaccination rates and then you have um, these breakthroughs, these cases that just go up. And so what, when I've looked into this uh, and, look, and dug into the data, what I found is that the vaccinated, it's not a, it's not a, no longer a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's a pandemic of the vaccinated because they're spreading the Delta variant, which is attacking the unvaccinated. And it's it's hard to really imagine something more diabolical than this because, you know, you can see a scenario where uh, where the where the vaccinated people are the ones who are just perpetuating the pandemic in this country. Yeah. And, and then basically the only thing is that will that will save us is supposedly 97 to 98 percent compliance, as Biden recently said was his target. Well, as we recently saw at the Harvard Business School and, and I sort of mentioned this earlier, 96 percent of the students there have vaccine have vaccine have been vaccinated. There's still enough breakthrough classes to shut things down. So when is America going back to normal? I don't see it going back to normal. And we certainly have political leaderships who are not normal, as Kathy uh, Hochul demonstrates. Um, you know, she she's just listening to people. They're so loony. Gretchen Whitmer, yep. I think she's, uh, she's another, you know, uh, basket case. Maxine Waters has been going on a tear. I don't. You, I don't know what I have in common with fellow uh, Americans who can look at these people and see competency yeah. and see people who are not lying, who are not, they're not insulting them to their faces. I can't vote for people who insult my intelligence to my face. I just, there's something, I just can't do it. Um, so, and she's another case where in New York, they're just not going to. Well, you don't have up. to vote for them. They're going to vote for They can for literally for say anything. Remember Trump, he said the thing where he could go out um shoot somebody and shoot somebody (laughs) we have governors in new york who are literally killing hundreds if not thousands of people with his policies such as firing medical health workers in the middle of of what they call a pandemic some eighty-three thousand nurses and medical workers who may be gone uh at the high high estimate um because of the the vaccine mandate in new york and you know they're they're obviously putting people's lives at risk Democrat voters, they don't, it doesn't register. There's something broken in their brains. Uh, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't register that they should stop voting for these people. Yeah. That they should have competent government at a, at a minimum that does very basic things. And we don't ask them to to run our lives because when they do try to run our lives, it complete com- becomes a complete shit show, which yeah. is what New York is, what New Jersey was. Um, what what California is, it, and I think like the great counterexample to all of these states that has been completely all for moot is Florida. Yes, and we saw the seasonal, and I think it will. I think this is going to hit hit blue states hard too. You know, in a few weeks, we're going to see a seasonal spike there because we're going to have to live with this virus, whatever it is uh, that keeps mutating. Um, it goes up, no policy changes. It goes down. Imagine <laughs> so, that. I mean, it goes up and then it drops 75% in like uh, two to three weeks. And DeSantis basically did nothing. So it just shows when it goes, no matter what you do with the masks, uh, you, you, I mean, sure, the, the vaccines, they're a type of therapeutic. If you're at risk, if you're over 39 years old or elderly or obese or immunocompromised, maybe you get some benefit out of this. 
shot for a short period of time whatever this treat this treatment that they've come up with maybe you get some benefit out of that fine i will concede that for the sake of argument but if you look at you know if you look at new uh, florida you look at these these states that with very minimal they're not they're not they did no worse than the blue states and in fact the blue states overall did worse i mean new york new jersey higher mortality rates vaccine passports the works, the entire smorgasbord of all of these authoritarian policies they throw at American citizens, they do worse. Yeah. 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 I tell you what was pretty <laughs> ugly yesterday and continues on with this narrative. Joe Biden's <laughs> werewolf hairy arm that came out when he received his booster shot in the Mr. Rogers style set in the White House. Turns which, white in the sun. It wasn't actually in a room. It was, it was like they had like trifold windows and two different angles of the sun coming in at the same time. Um, I don't know. It looked majestic. I, yeah. Well, you know what looked majestic was his long flowing arm hair, which was gross. <laughs> I don't even have as much hair. The only on, thing that would have been perfect is some kid would be up there petting. Yeah, I, I don't have it. The more only thing would be creepier. It. There's less hair on my head <laughs> than, than there was on his arm yesterday. And he talked about just exactly when we're going to get back to normal, Noah, and you'll be pleased to say it's it's coming soon. They're so. braiding the beads into it like they do in Jamaica. Stop it. Let's hear it. How many Americans need to be vaccinated first to go back to normal? What is the percentage of total vaccinations that have to be delayed? Well, I think, look, I think we get the vast majority, like, is going on in some of the... Some industries and some schools, 97, 98%. I think we're going awful close. And, uh, but I'm not the scientist. Uh, uh, I think, but one thing for sure, a quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated. And that's not continue to have a problem. So between 98, 97 and 98% fully vaccinated for us to be able to get back to normal. That Those are the numbers he threw out there. However, do keep in mind, he did say he's not a scientist. You well, then, he's not the president either, effectively. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a perfect point right there. In addition to the, the newly, she's technically not the governor either, even though she's been sworn in, she wasn't voted in. Governor of New York basically talking about, you know, the church of COVID needs to go out and an apostle-like faction. Door to door. Vaccinate all the, help the people that aren't vaccinated get vaccinated when an overwhelming demographic of minorities, close to 85% of blacks and almost 67% of Hispanics in New York City are not vaccinated. And, and they're not going to get vaccinated. So I guess COVID is racist because the wow. only, yeah, it, it's, how's that working out for you when, when Black Lives Matter starts showing up at your businesses and your restaurants and your gyms now explaining to you how racist this is? And it's, then, it's like the world is imploding on only the left. Yeah. So they haven't been able to do anything right since January, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. Um, Kyle, before we let you go, we want to be able to direct all our traffic to find you on on social media. You you obviously mentioned your website. Uh, Is there anywhere else we could follow you? We're going to put all live links in the show description and then send them to you. Okay, great. Uh, No, I just think Twitter at Kyle N.A. Becker. Um, I also have a, uh, a Becker News Telegram that people can get through my my Twitter account. I, I'm, I'm really liking the Telegram audience. Uh, it's kind of fun, open. People people have a lot of great comments there. Um, that's basically it, you know, and, and I thank you for your readership and, and everything. And, you know, keep up the good fight together. And, you know, I, one, th- one thought that came to me yesterday is that people need to stay engaged and not get demoralized because 
if you reach one person and you can change that one person's mind, and this 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 occurred to me when I was watching like Russell Brand go off about about Trump, uh, Trump being right uh, uh, about Russia hoax and everything. I said, you know, if you keep it up, you know, just j- if you can change one person, you don't know who that one person is going to talk to. Right. They can go talk to somebody in a ca- in a cafe or whatever. Oh, I heard this and this and this. You know, and they and they go tell their friends and everybody. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you have enough people to go to your local school board and fight mass mandates. Um, you know, so we need to start networking now. And I think like podcasts like yours do a great service for, for everybody um, to keep us uh, engaged. And I think it seems like you guys have a lot of great guests on, um, you know, so I really appreciate the invite. And, uh, you know, I, and and thank you for having this, this convo with me. Uh, it was fun, engaging. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was great to have you on, get some actual insight from you and, uh, you know, hear your voice talk about all these topics. We hope to have you back again soon. And, and since you mentioned it, if you if you ever run into anybody that's looking for a podcast, come talk on. You could always send them our way. Oh, yeah. All right. That's great. I'll, I'll keep in the loop. You guys keep me abreast. Send me send me whatever information you guys got and uh, I want to stay on top of it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank sir. you. Kyle. All right. Bye. Take care, guys. Take Thank care. You. It's Kyle Becker. Right. Kyle Becker News. Another banger. What do you think, Noah? Oh, yeah. Antoinette? Awesome. Uh, not too bad today, huh? Had a lot of stuff going on. Um, we all understand that the uh, congressional hearings with General Austin, General Milley, and General McKenzie are going on right now. We will touch on that on our Friday edition. Um, it was really great having on Geisha Montes today to break down the uh, Trump rally in Georgia over the weekend. And then Mr. Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News. First time on the show. I think we're going to have him back. Yeah, I liked it. So, it well, spoiler alert. He's a, he's already said he'd be more than happy to come back. So we're definitely going to have him back. I think his opinion was pretty great. And his content is extremely awesome to listen to. Just like listening to the Steak for Breakfast podcast, which you could find on all major podcasting platforms. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Rate it and review. Download, listen, like, follow, and share. Um, show creds of the week, some of the usuals uh, for all of those awesome audio clips that we had. Um, the Daily Breb, Dawnstar1776, Canadians11 and 12. Uh, Babe Does the News, formerly of Patriotic Babe Accounts, Cagbro88, Steve Bannon of Steve Bannon's War Room, he's not Q, Garbaggio of all his Instagram accounts, Emerald Robinson of Newsmax, Right Side Broadcasting's Mike Crispy, Christina Bob of OAN, and of course Tom Pappert of The National File. Um, Don't forget to follow our sponsors. American-owned, quality products, we love them, pretty sure that you'll love them too. Odyssey, some of the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear. They're found at odyssey.com and on Facebook and Instagram. Stay ready gear, like we already mentioned. Coolio walks through the valley of the shadow of death. You should, too, with a gun from West Coast Survival Arms. Mike's got a newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and at 619-870-6992. Man rubs. Mm. You know, I make Noah laugh every week by saying, buy it, shake it, smear it, rub it. Cook it. Put it in your mouth. Smoke it. Eat it up. Yum, yum. It's delicious. <laughs> you know, if you actually look at some of the man rub rub containers that they come in, they have pretty offensive 
descriptions of what the rubs are on there as yeah. well. So I was actually going through my cabinet this morning looking for my daily tablespoon of honey, and I moved some of the manners out of the way, and I was like, well, that's, that's great. I like it. Um, <laughs> West Coast Survival Arms. God damn it. We already mentioned them. They get two today. Okay. Mediocre Medic and Dumpbox.us. Tactical gear done right. Mediocre Medics at MediocreMedic.com. They're on Instagram. Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox, Dumpbox.us. Home of the Zero Fucks Duck. They're on Facebook and they're on Instagram as well. Upcoming shows. We've got a lot of them and they're going to be action-packed. On this Friday, we got Alan, host of the Great Divide podcast, coming on. He'll be joining us for our Friday edition. Next week on Tuesday, we're going to have Miss Anna Kate in her first appearance on Steak for Breakfast podcast, including now recently added congressional candidate out of California, Amy Fan West. Great nice. to have her coming on. Uh, the following Friday will be Cagbro in his first podcast appearance. And coming up after that on the 15th of October, we've got Sheep No More. He's about to drop his daily news show, his newly redesigned website, which includes a brandly Brandly newly redesigned QMAP, very interactive for all the normies just getting started and everything that he's got going on. He's going to be talking about it. He was a great guest on the show several months ago, and we're excited to have him back. Friends of the Week, Real Brenda Meme 7, The Purple Haired Righty, Grand Old Memes for his appearance at the Trump rally. Congratulations again to you, sir. Hunter Biden smokes crack. (laughs) James from We The People Radio. Gianna Simone, who's a new fan and a friend of the show. And last but not least, Baby Cakes 2.0. Friends, before we cut with you today, a couple things we always ask you to do. Noah's added one, so I'm going to say it today without him having to remind me. Um, in between this show and next, we've only got a couple days till Friday, so try to do us a favor and do some research. Do your own research. It's important. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Ice your balls. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But most importantly, where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 67 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and joined, as always, by Noah. See you on Friday. Noah. Bye. Oh, and Antoinette. Bye. Always a pleasure, dear. Thanks for listening, and take care. Democracy basically means government by the people, of the people, for the people. But the people are retarded. So let us say, government by the retarded, for the retarded, of the retarded, because
Eh, la radio de filete de desayuno.